did you guys meet? Well, <laughs> oh. <laughs> on the streets. Right. On the streets, man. By Selfridges. This is going to be the last one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So this will be 35. Ooh. I've made it a milestone. <laughs> it's not really. Why not? Is it 35? 20, 30, 35. in January. It's all connected. Isn't it? Spiritual. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> shall we shall we begin then? Yeah. yeah. Well we've already begun, it's been recorded. Oh. Um <laughs> bloopers. Everybody, this is uh, episode 35 of the Duke London podcast and episode four of the collaboration between myself and Tally's identity ideas industry mm-hmm. intensive, which I have gotten wrong multiple times because I changed the order of them. Um, <clears throat> if you haven't been listening so far, Tally has an intensive where she runs various strands which are based around the concepts of identity, ideas, and industry. We've been doing a podcast series uh, based around those strands as well. Um, In the intro episode, Tally kind of details what the intensive is about. So if you're interested prior or after this conversation please go and check that out and check out the instagram identity.ideas.industry no dot is that right i don't think there's a dot i think if you type the rest it will hopefully there's come not up in that your many accounts <laughs> <laughs> so yeah go and check that out if you don't know about the intensive um and yeah we today's the uh, industry <laughs> uh episode and yeah, we've got a couple of special guests in the house, um, and we're going to be discussing industry and wherever that takes us. It takes us. We don't have too much of a plan, so don't expect any. Uh, expect greatness, man. Um, don't expect don't any do continuity. That. Is what <laughs> I was going to. Don't expect any thread to remain the same. True. We, we might go on tangents. Is, is more the point. Like, so yeah. Do we want to do the guest introduction same way as last time? Yeah, so let's speak to why these two are here. After you, madame. Um, I enlisted Jay for this on account of being... um, I think it's really interesting to have been in the same place as people at the same time, like back in the day, and then just to see the differences in the paths that we've taken and although Jay and I have stayed aligned and connected throughout it's just the journey from Jim Carner in Seven Kings with Boy Blue to um, creative with Black Skull etc that I think is a really interesting perspective to have and his maintaining his connection to what's current and who's about I think is uh, quite a unique standpoint as a commercial. Not that you are just a commercial creative, but you know what I mean. It's easy to lose touch 
there and I don't think that Jay has. And so I think it would be really useful to hear his words on things. And he's just always had his eye on the prize. And I think that that's a really admirable thing. And I'm going to stop talking up the things now. But love you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, Kerry was, Kerry was my choice. Um, although definitely wasn't hard to convince anyone <laughs> to have her on. But I think for me... <laughs> It was more a case because I don't necessarily think of my, when I think of industry, I don't think of myself as too much of someone that's like, oh, I know who's who and I know the uh, how it all works. But I thought of my personal, like, who would I go to? What's that list look like? Of Who would I go to for advice or direction on the industry in different ways? Um, and also, I just thought it would be nice to speak to someone that I haven't spoken to in a while because it's been nice to, you know, I know... I've learned a lot from the people in my direct circle, Tally included, and I would hope that I've given some stuff back to them. But in a way, it's kind of like, I feel like, say if I was to talk about uh, the industry with just Tally, mm -hmm. I would think that we already kind of know what each other thinks about a lot of things. There might be a few bits and pieces that you hadn't told me or that I hadn't expressed my opinion on, but there's a lot of it is crossover, I feel like, or stuff that we've discussed. Whereas I haven't spoken to Carrie on an extended uh in an extended way for a long time so i feel like there's a lot more new ground or new opinions that i haven't heard or things that i would want that i've learned over the last however many years that i would want your take on or something like that so it's a bit of the respect and a bit of the like personal connection and a bit of the absence of you in my life oh, <laughs> why i chose it. you <laughs> um but yeah i don't know if you guys want to give a little kind of breakdown of who you are however you perceive that um or your kind of how you perceive your relevance to the conversation, I guess. Mm. <laughs> okay. Who's going first? You I can go first. Straight away, Jay. Um, so, yeah, obviously I'm Carrie Ann. Um, and, yeah, much like Tally started um, my career in terms of, you know, le leaving a professional training establishment, but then stumbling across uh, this wonderful um, sort of, hip-hop culture and um that started to bleed in the into the territory of hip-hop theater and therefore uh collaborations with zoo nation um for quite a number of years and still to this day and uh most recently you will find me um <laughs> being uh, the choreographer for six the musical um and resident choreographer on hamilton in the west end amongst some other hip-hop theatre slash musical theatre slash commercial projects. Lovely. Fantastic. But I'm chick. <laughs> Not your first time introducing yourself. Mm. <laughs> You'd think I'd be better. <laughs> and I'm Jay Ravel, and everyone always seems to call me by my full name, so I'll use it today as well. Um, and I am a partner and co-founder of a company called Black Skull Creative that is a creative solutions company for used to be for anything live but live doesn't exist right now and now just seems to be for anything mm -hmm. um, anything we can we can offer our kind of know-how to and I would like to say that I'm probably a multidisciplinary artist now um, because my job roles have said so so I am a, a creative director a choreographer I am a producer I am a set designer i am um a multitude of of different things that i can come up with as a job title i think dad is probably the one that's like really <laughs> killing it at the moment during lockdown creative dad services um, <laughs> um 
and yeah, just an avid lover of of the arts and all things creative and and where creativity lives, which I think is a lot broader than some people often think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would have been years ago that you said this, and I don't even know where it would have been. I don't. Maybe ah. I think we did a HDI industry thing, maybe, but you just spoke on um, just looking at credits and like looking at who made the things that you're watching past just the dancers and the choreographer, just like widen the I said scope. That? Yeah, I think <laughs> I say so. a lot of stuff, man. I, <laughs> no, I think remember. you did. No, I... it sounds like something I'd say. I just <laughs> usually remember the stuff that I say. You might have even said it in passing, but I definitely remembered it. And because it was just such a simple thing that yeah. a lot of people then, anyway, I think it's changing now. Yeah. Because, you know, well, they've got like access to it to all now. And people are putting credits right in front of people. Mm. I don't think it's necessarily people are actually getting smarter. I think they're, they're, they're being force fed that information. Right, and right. They're getting access to a lot of creative people who are creative in how that they've obtained the information that they learn, mm-hmm. and now and they're and they're being free with how they're giving that to mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. and people are just kind of like taking that rhetoric and moving with it. It's the same with like all these books, these self help books mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like all of the basics that a lot of these people kept coming up to me with, I'm putting this in the universe, I'm doing this. I was like. This isn't me. I kind of like just, I didn't even know that was like a theory, like a theory, theoretical thing that someone had to teach you from a book. Like, right, right, I feel right. like that's just kind of. Common sense. Well, yeah, I, I, I guess it's, it made me realize that it's not common sense mm-hmm. because you only know what you know mm-hmm. and you only move how you move. Mm-hmm. And I just think since I was a kid, that was kind of maybe the way my head was always kind of thinking was like big imagination, big ideas. You were always going to be in this position as far as I'm concerned. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but you just, yeah, you just were. Yeah, that's that that's that. cool. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I don't think I knew, if I'm honest. I knew I would do, I knew I had a first for... Um, for being, you know, you know, it, it's really weird. The things that like, I realize actually drive me. Like a lot of people say, you know, I'm driven by success or whatever, or have these conversations with me. And I, I, I always put it back to like, pull it back to like Fresh Prince. I've always got an analogy for something. And I always remember watching Fresh Prince. I used to love Fresh Prince, like over my wife and kids, you know, everyone has that debate now, like which one was better. It's like Fresh Prince, like oh, there wouldn't wow. have been a my wife and kids no, to me if there wasn't a Fresh Prince. That. And um, a, fr- a friend of mine, a friend of mine, she, she uh, we, we could shout her out later and you know call her out on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always remember being really, really admiring Uncle Phil. Mm-hmm. Like that was like my icon, like not Will. Mm-hmm. And I just always knew that I wanted to be in a position to look after my people. I didn't know what that looked like, whether that was family, whether that was friends, whether that was whatever. Mm-hmm. I just knew I wanted to be in a position where I could be like yo like everyone's good Mm -hmm. and i'm good because they're all good Mm -hmm. and that's been my driving force to try and get to where i want to be but i didn't know what avenue that might take because it a lot of things have just like happened to kind of like culminate on like this journey but that was something that i'd that was some a way that i thought before i even found dance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think everything else is just kind of like my my love for the other things influenced where I ended up going to, but that was kind of like, that's definitely the thing behind the driving force for my energy towards whatever I pursue. Mm -hmm. 
I wonder at what point both of you, because I don't know anyone that starts dancing to make it a career. It does mm. start as hobby, it seems. Um, and I wonder at what point that shifted, like were you working a little bit and it's like, right, I'm gonna do this, do this, or was it when you started training? It's like, okay, I'm really loving this. I'm gonna, this mm. is gonna be my job. Like how was, how did that come about? I think for me, it did possibly happen earlier because like I was, I think I would have had the typical British upbringing in dance. So it's like... Jazz tap modern. Yeah, ballet first, please. Um, <laughs> so I started baby ballet at like two and a half and then pretty much Wild. within a couple of years was like doing ballet, doing tap, doing modern, doing the shows, doing the festivals, doing the exams. Yeah. And um, <laughs> do you know where I think the change hits? And it's I I know it myself, but also from teaching a lot, I think it's that teenager level when other distractions come in. Mm -hmm. And are you going to be distracted mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. the socialising? Obviously not right now. Um, the, you know, possibly other interests that come in, whether that's sports or, you know, educa other educational platforms. And for me, it was like dance was the rock through and through and through. So if I was going up there seven times a week as a teenager, I was pretty much like, this is going to be what mm -hmm. I do. But I think like Joe was saying, like now everything is so easily accessible, whereas back then it wasn't. So it was like, you. I felt like I had to just fight for information because it was never deemed then as really a inverted commas proper mm -hmm. career. Mm -hmm. So the finding out about colleges, you know, sending away for, you know, brochures. paperwork, brochures, prospectus, like, and, and having a bunch of people, bless them, at my school that had no idea about what I wanted to do. So fill out your UCAS form. I don't want to go to uni, but mm. fill out your UCAS form. But I don't want to go to uni. I want to go to a mm. stage school, a performing arts college. So um, I think the fight was there and I was adamant I was going to leave Guernsey at 16 until parents were like, <laughs> no, 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 you're going to do some A-levels and get <clears throat> some backup here, mm -hmm. which I am grateful for because by the time I then went at 19, I was chomping at the bit mm -hmm. to be there. Um, but yeah, I think obviously everybody's path is incredibly different but at first I wondered whether it be acting but it was evident that like dance was going to be it was kind of like my only choice like nothing else came into into perspective and it's I did photography I did media studies and all those things still interest me but it was like yeah I'd met my soulmate really in terms of career so Oh, don't give me that. <laughs> um, man down, man down. Man but down. do you ever think that, like, uh, do you think, you know, you said there wasn't any other options kind of thing, but did you ever get to a point where you're kind of like, oh, what if there is something I love more than this, but I haven't tried it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. You never there. questioned it? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's a it good just, thing, yeah. It just wasn't. It was the thing, it was the place I felt accepted. It was the place I felt at home. It was mm. the place I felt like I could flourish um, it made me feel good and it was hard, but it always made me feel good. Mm. And I wanted more for myself. And I think because my parents were just like, oh, you know, she's found something she likes, great. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were obviously, it was great that they had, uh, they were able to sort of support me financially in taking me to class and doing all those things, but they were never behind me going, you must yeah, now yeah, yeah. do this as a career, you must, whatever. And I think that only made me want it more because the only push was coming from me not anybody else yeah i think that's really like even if you want something as much as the people pushing you 
that push makes you feel like I want to, you know, it's better when it just comes from you because then mm. it's like, I've made this investment. I want to do it, I guess. Yeah. Not not that I'm the one asking the questions, but do you think... <laughs> You're welcome to. <laughs> do you think that because you had that upbringing in dance from when you were really, really young, all of the insecurities you might have faced when you wanted to really, really pursue it, you know, when you're a teenager, you worry about these things, having that backup there, <laughs> knowing you've got like a level in it helped you push forward. Do you know mm. what I mean? Because yeah. like... Uh, yeah i think it's a good question i think i think it's more the fact that it was the one of the only things i knew but when i because on guernsey we were given as much as we could be given but we are a tiny little island away from the mainland so when i started coming over to either audition slash take class it was <clears throat> a whole new world don't you dare close your eyes i'm not going to continue this because you've got a better singing voice than me um sing off <laughs> That's right, man. The podcast has changed. <laughs> Tangent one. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I know. Um, but yeah, it, it, there was a lot to learn. Like, I remember going to an audition at Lippa and it was the first one I'd been to. I had no idea what to expect. <clears throat> and my mum was like, well, let's get you a nice leotard. You know, <laughs> get a really nice leotard so you feel weird. That's not how my mum speaks. Um, guys, it came, I was like, I wanted a turquoise one because that was my favourite colour. Very like, important. Very important. Um, when I tell you, when it came, it, it was supposed to have like this silver kind of like S bend through it. I looked like I was wearing an 80 year old's bathing suit. It was low cut. <laughs> it was thick straps. The silver bit looked like some snake, like on my chest. I was like, well, this is going to go well. And everyone else just looked so much more professional and ready. Mm. So I, I think the only doubt and insecurities that came were from not knowing how London slash the UK yeah. operated mm. in this scene. So I sort of felt a step behind there. But certainly when you then get into college, you have no choice but to mm -hmm. then just dive straight in. Right. But definitely in auditions, it was like... <laughs> Who's that country girl, that mm. island girl in the back with the bathing suit? <laughs> <laughs> Me trying to get into your college, please, thanks. Um, so, yeah, I think it was more that would be, if there was an insecurity, it would be more of that unknown as opposed yeah. to an unknown of my ability because mm. you deal with the ability you've got, right? And I, you know, it was that typical. I was a bigger, you know, many bigger fish in a smaller pond. Yeah. Like Guernsey has a, a wonderful performing arts um, sector. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of wonderful performers that have come out of there. So I think I felt strong and trusting of mm -hmm. my ability and my history, mm -hmm. but just a bit scared of like how you do it mm -hmm. in the real world. Yeah. And I guess everybody's got like a different insecurity that like stands out because it's like i can imagine you in that audition that's like oh i don't like the way i look or i don't know how this goes or, or blah 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 but you're like but i can dance i can do these things but then yeah. there's someone else in that audition that's like yeah i look great but what does it matter i'm rubbish like you know <laughs> what i mean like there's always something else that yeah. combats so everyone i guess everyone kind of has those things that one thing that stands out to them as good yeah. or bad or whatever hmm. what was your crossover from hobby to from a hobby or, to profession if that was the or when, at least when you decided it was going to be a profession mm -hmm. i mean yeah i mean all of it kind of happened pretty fast for me because <laughs> i mean i'm really open about it i was 15 years old or 14 or 15 years old and when i went to visit the brit school which is where i ended up going like 
I'd never seen like this many girls in one place. Like <laughs> you I, always had the like, impetus. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Like my, I went to a mixed secondary school, but there were so many dudes in my year. It felt it was very, very testosterone heavy. So which I, I, I mean, I was down. I played sport. Like I, I kind of loved it. It was good. Jo- it was like it was fun. But mm-hmm. when I went there in South London on this little trip, following a guy who was in the year above me, because he wanted to go there to do production. I'd never seen anything like it. And I was like, I've never danced before. I'm going to dance. <laughs> <laughs> so you started Brit at not having danced at all? Well, I then ended up going to take class in between you, the time of when I started to apply because my mum was like, Do you wanna... are you serious? Like, <laughs> do you this something, yeah, in? it is something you want to try to do. You, you, you need to like maybe see if this is something you really enjoy. And I, what did you take? What classes did yeah. I take? Um, N- none that we none that we know about before I'd gone to like Brit. Like, as soon as I went to Brit, like within the first week, I was in like Huskies and everywhere mm-hmm. else, and like mm-hmm. my dance education. And I was down in East Ham and whatnot with when when with about Ken was this? Stuff. What year was yeah, this? Yeah, like how old are you? If you don't mind me asking, I'm going to be 35 okay, in so two months. Yeah, right. just thinking yeah. about the time. Like no, where, so this where I this been. would have been in 2001. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Fuck, 2001, guys. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I I always thought I started dancing, I always say like 16. And then Debo just did a whole archive thing. And he sent me my 16th birthday. Mm. I'd borrowed his camera. And so I was like, okay, so I clearly knew him for him to let me do that. And then when I got some of the stuff back, it's 03, like some of the performances. And I was like 16 then. So it's, yeah, definitely... Mm further back than i'd yeah realized. exactly so I, I mean i was going to like loads of like basic things that i kind of I, like there was bs westminster i lived in westminster so <clears throat> they had like a summer university that could like you could do anything archery mm-hmm. whatever like loads of different things you could sign up to so i signed up to um some of the dance things on that um one of my boys everyone knew him in our area for being like a like a sick like roadman body popper yeah you know like not like really like popping like we really know but like roadman body popper like that that should be a thing that's a that's a that's that's another type of genre right there like you got like um especially back then those roadman poppers and so like i was just like i'd be like eric like you know you know you gotta show me some stuff whatever because i'm trying to do this and um and yeah, and I just kind of like went forward with it. And anyway, I ended up getting it. And that was the impetus to go to the Brit school was was yeah. girls. And then and then um, the whole application process was jokes as well. But they felt like I had a lot of potential and I got in. And after a year, I'd met some people who lived close to me. One was a model, one was an actor. And they helped me start going to castings. Mm-hmm. And I think the first casting, I got a job in like a music video. Mm-hmm. And the first time I got and the joke of it was they used to pay you if you were like a freestyle dancer in a video and because it was extras or freestyle dancers. And then there was like maybe dancers who did like routines. This one didn't have any dancers who did choreo, but everyone was getting paid in cash for your Sick. role. <laughs> Listen, sometimes I'll go around twice, like just take off the bandana or something and get the money again. Yeah. Cause you could literally that fucking do so that. Listen, How to succeed in business. Bingo guys. Um, anyways, I'm like, if you're going to be, the if, if, like, if, if all of us mixed race people look the same, yeah. And you're going to forget. It's my twin, that's James. right. You're not going to ask no questions. I'll have it. Thank you. Did you do a different style? I did not. I just walked. <laughs> 
they used to. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember this. I remember this video. Like the the unit, the unit base was on a on a portable, like a direct uh, double decker bus that they kind of like kitted out. That's where you ate catering, whatever. Yeah, That's yeah, where they parked it up. Yeah. So you go up to the top of the person was sitting at the back of the double decker bus. So you go up the stairs at the front. You go back. You go and get it, and then you come back round to go down. <laughs> Anyways, when I got my first paycheck in dance, I realized. Mm. like oh okay mm -hmm. like this is something that i um i can pursue professionally mm -hmm. like even though it's a sm small amount of money relative to like what we think of now or what people's day rate should be now mm -hmm. um for doing one bit of what i felt like was really easy to me kind of stuff mm -hmm. you know that was mm -hmm. fun i was like oh snap yeah like you can do this and i i had no understanding of the industry whatsoever in the way that I do now when I first started. I didn't know, I didn't even know, even though I'd been to see musicals, I didn't I didn't put two and two together that musicals and dance, like you could dance to them be in a musical. Like mm -hmm, it didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't even put that together. I literally put together music videos, mm -hmm. like in my head was the only thing. And I'd been to see concerts too. And I just like, as a kid was, wasn't put in two and two together. So music videos were the only inspirational avenue that I knew that dance, existed in like mm -hmm. that i thought dance existed in mm -hmm. that i could like latch on to and um i think just after that moment i i'm a pretty fast learner i'm pretty snappy and once i realized that something is like Viable. there's a potential here mm. with something like then crack the code kind of thing listen i've been code breaking ever since <laughs> i think that's what i'm uh referring to with what i said before about like you were always gonna do this because you've not I think you've just always seen, or like once you've worked something out, like, bye. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's the same with like learning how to dance. It, it, once I learned how to learn. Right. Mm. Uh, that, like I learned, you know, it wasn't even how I learned how to learn. Once I learned how to accept failing, I learned how to learn. Mm. Like, fast. Mm -hmm. Like, and that experience of being on a job around people that were like, that good. Like, seeing mm. what they had mm. in their arsenal. Mm -hmm. Like then I also knew what I was working towards, like trying to get so for a myself. Job mm. that you're thinking of. Um, yeah, like when I started working with Mystique and mm. I started being around, like I was around some of these guys anyway, but not really like when they're in their working territory, like doing like Do rehearsals, mm. like and Dwayne, etc. Dwayne, Christian Gokar, mm. Ricky Frost, mm -hmm. um, seeing that. I mean, Ken was even about it, like some mm. points like that, you know, some, some of these, some of these things like, or to be honest, all these things blur into one, all these different rehearsal spaces with these same faces. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I just remember seeing what they really brought to those rooms, personality wise, dance wise, skill wise, everything. And we just realized like, these are like seeing all the things that I wanted to really like level up on. And now mm -hmm. your inspiration came from what was in front of you back then. Cause all the rest mm -hmm. of what everyone has now that's so accessible didn't, didn't really exist. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, th I think those were all my really big driving forces. And then I really, um, my kind of like learning curve, like really leveled up really fast from there because I felt like I knew how to learn now. So I knew how to keep like, like the matrix, like how to put them <laughs> things. I know Kung Fu, like, you know, like start <laughs> pulling them things in like real fast, you know? So, and I was hungry. That makes me want to tangent slightly, if that's okay with everybody. Um, just you being in the room with those guys and seeing them the way they navigated and were in the space that makes me think of uh just this sp very specific skill set that commercial dancers 
have that I think aspiring commercial dancers, especially those that come through classes or freestyle or anything that isn't, I want to be a commercial dancer straight off the bat, miss. Um, like you might be able to do really intricate choreo cleanly and bang it out, but can you walk stage left to stage right with presence? Or can you do that choreography that you think's lame as from that commercial choreographer and give it something that makes it mm. stage worthy? And I don't think that, and I would say that I've been in auditions and thought that I was better than the people that got the job like many, many, many times, but I was better at delivering the choreography, but that's just like, that's not, yeah, I'm not even sure if I'd say it's half at the most, mm. really, like spatial awareness. Like I've assisted with choreography, uh, choreography on a job where it is a lot of um, freestylers or it's just not commercial dancers. And, you know, we're rehearsing in a small room and then you get to a big stage and it is just the most disorienting thing for them and it's not as easy as right pillar there mm. or like there's the aisle or there's that wit like they just don't have that and I think um that commercial dancers don't always get the shine that they should they do obviously in terms of you're on the telly you're on the stage you've got the credits mm. but in terms of the skill set that goes mm. with it um, I, I think I think I think there's many other reasons why a lot of the commercial dancers, even the ones that I used to not rate for whatever reasons I wasn't rating them, don't get the props that they should get. There's not always opportunity for them to show off the skills that they have that some people definitely cannot do. Like how many tap jobs have there been? But I know that in those rooms with some of those commercial dancers, the sickest mm -hmm. tappers, the mm -hmm. sickest jazz dancers, mm -hmm. the sickest. Mm -hmm. And you see when they're really in their bag, like how they boss it. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and there's a whole lot. But like, if I'm honest, the hate for commercial dancers didn't come from people from jazz backgrounds, ballet backgrounds, tap backgrounds. It came from hip hop dancers who felt like they were better than everyone, but sometimes not seeing the other sides mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. fence mm -hmm. or respecting these other sides of the fence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I've come into like dance as a thing, which is why I still love it. I love dance. So I love seeing someone when they're really in their bag mm -hmm. because there's a place for all of those things, which mm -hmm. is why mm -hmm. the arts is so amazing. Mm -hmm. But And riffing off of that, yeah. because I think it's, you know, from from the years I've taught, there's been so many people that, you know, what do you want to do? I want to get into commercial dance. I mm. want to be a commercial dancer. I want to do it. And I'm like, why and what is commercial dance? Mm. So, you know, why why are you dancing in the first place, period? But what is commercial dance? It's like, well, you know, like they say, uh, doing some choreography. And I'm like, but who's your choreographer? So, you know, if you get Aaron Silas as your contemporary up to point, if you get Kenrick as your hip hop up to point, um, if you get like a yeah, an old school choreo Beth, are you are you clean? Are you are you are you are those shapes like really, really have you got that clarity from jazz? It's like mm. I just I feel that like you say, maybe there's there's quite a strong focus on picking up choreography and getting it clean. Of course, you've got to be able to work as a company dancer, but if you have those freestyle moments, can you look years, down the camera without being Yo, crossed over. Like, I... Yeah, I always remember Frank Gatson talking about people lurking. That word just stuck with me. What, boy. Does, what did he mean by that? Because he's, we, were, we were basically we were working on a Cheryl Cole TV special. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 
Sure. <laughs> we went back to the dressing room. He was one of the first people I saw, like really like made people like really analyze like what you've just done. Like look at your rehearsal. Don't just go leave it out mm. there and just be like, mm. boom. He would get the rehearsal footage, brought it into the dressing room, have us all around there watching it. Mm -hmm. And he'll pause it and be like, that mistake, that mistake, that whatever. Mm -hmm. But then like in the moments of silence where you've just kind of got to make a picture look good and know how it looks on camera. And you just like, one of the dancers, I can't remember who it was. I wish I could. Um, he was just like, look at you, you're lurking. You look like a lurker, like you're lurking. Like, like I just he wasn't supposed to be there. Just a bit gormless, just a bit like unavailable, a bit like no purpose, I've like, like no intention. Really... You know, he didn't know what he was doing in that moment where he didn't have to do a move that he yes. was told to do. Mm -hmm. Rather you know? than just having a presence for the whole. Well, just, yeah, there, was there was there was purpose that he was given in where he had to be like stage, but it's like he was just like there and not adding you know like mm -hmm. add to the the picture like any picture you see that's painted photograph that's being taken that like actually um gets any merit is because everything within that photo feels like it has purpose and every single camera shot similarly in moving picture mm -hmm. should kind of like have like things within that should have purpose and mm -hmm. i think like mm -hmm. when we're creating shows that's exactly what we're creating mm -hmm. and that's that's where that person in that moment mm -hmm. was lacking in that word mm -hmm like that makes me think now. of transitions and especially in our choreo like coming mm -hmm. up they were transitions like back in the day we were walking or skipping or, or dropping ducking, down and running and that wasn't a place where anything <laughs> happened it was a very clear like done this going there yeah, doing that and, and i think that's in the moments that people that aren't strictly commercial dancers they drop it because mm. no one's looking at this bit Mm. Um, <laughs> someone's always absolutely you better drop and roll yeah I, I, yeah i'm inspired by transitions i always was that was like one of the first things creating that i thought was like super super interest like how do we make transitions interesting coming from the background of like the drop your head drop your arms bend your run. knees and you better haul ass it's so jokes that <laughs> you, know? you just like drop and run like that there's and I, I don't know like halfway down the <laughs> stage is like an invisibility cloak yeah. and like if you, go, <laughs> if you go below it no one will see you it's like we yeah. can see everybody <laughs> yeah <laughs> Some, out their you know if we're talking about them old school days them gwi days I, I i do remember like companies that maybe were maybe more commercial mm -hmm. friendly i'm mm -hmm. using inverted commas for those who can hear the inverted commas in my voice mm -hmm. um dance to excess kimmy and cisco were really great about i used to think about thinking about um the transitions b between things and not doing what other people did for those because you'd have like eight mm -hmm. dance companies come up and do the same arms down run down and and they would do i thought they were the pioneers of the arms down and run. but i think they might have done mm. it but they might have moved on when everyone else was doing it. right so i remember got, seeing that, that it definitely wasn't part of some of the things that i'd see i remember remember i remember um thinking about that one day like oh wow like that was actually different to mm -hmm. how everyone else was doing it mm -hmm. and that might just be because of moving on from seeing that like just being that openness and aware to doing it but coming back to what even you said about commercial I and when you were talking about different choreographers you might work with, like to me, commercials like pop music, like it's in the not, fact that. Do you no, think it's a style? No, sorry to cut you. No, because I don't think pop music's a style. I mm -hmm, think pop. Mm -hmm. I think pop music is like a classification. It's 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 about the audience. It's do you know the what medium, I mean? Isn't it's it? yeah, it's about the audience. Like how many people are receiving it and making it popular and making it be the thing. Mm -hmm. Because I tell you something, I don't know half these cats who are like commercial dancers like really like bankrolling that as like their thing or their style mm. like those people can't show up and work for me and i work like 
my work is commercial because of your space it mm -hmm. exists in. Mm -hmm. Like every single thing that I do is like really, really different, but it exists in that commercial space. But those commercial cats can't come in the room and like really fuck with my shit. Like mm -hmm. I, because what I look for in terms of them as a dancer and them as a human being lies far beyond you kind of like resonating with like, like that as a style, which is kind of like a style, uh, like for some people that's made up of so many other things. I'm, I, I need to know if you're in on my idea for what I'm doing right mm -hmm. now, like mm -hmm. beyond any of those things. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's, it, yeah. You know, I'm wondering if kind of relating to your point and what Tally was saying about the things that are missed by commercial dancers um, beyond just the, the choreo. I wonder if it's a sort of thing where or if there's something in the best analogy I can think of is like the Secret Service or something where you're not supposed to know that they're there. If, you, if they're doing their job right, you don't know right. that they're there. Mm. So I wonder if there's something in this where the reason that we met, let, let's say even people that don't know commercial dance or people that do that haven't quite got it like what you were saying mm -hmm. that they miss the things because all the things that they need to know if you do them right you don't notice them as an audience member does that make sense like if you see someone look who's lurking mm -hmm. that means they've mm -hmm. done something wrong if they're doing it right they blend in and they make the picture yeah. look good or but i think that's like the level of analysis that's missing and in a very different way what I encourage with my students is to have that in the identity sense in the discovery way. Mm. But if you're choosing to pursue something, yeah. you have to read between the lines to and look at the person that's doing the best yeah. in the scene and like, but what is it about that mm. that makes them that way? And to go how good they are as a dancer, like that, that can't be the thought I don't know. I just think that that is a little bit narrow-minded to see course, that and yeah. think, oh, that's why. And I do get that they are the little things and that it's kind of, not if you know, you know, but in entering commercial space or even being aware of the components that make it commercial and mm. not necessarily about the person. So yeah. there there are cameras. It is a bigger stage. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A heel, a bare chest. Because I know with guys, like heels make change it physically straight away for um, anyone wearing them. But similarly, I've been in auditions and then the guys have to take off their tops and some just like blank mm. Mm -hmm. out. Cause it just, ch it's so <laughs> odd because it's not anything extra. I mean, it yeah. is the, yeah. the taking away of something, but. It changes your swag. I've obviously been in many auditions where it was like that for me, but it's so weird because I can't wear a tight top and like a workout top and feel like I can dance. Like mm -hmm. this is workout mm -hmm. mode, mm -hmm. but I can be in my bag without a shirt on. Or with something bad. That we know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't know what it is. Like, because I see some dancers, like I always ask Kieran Daly Ward, like come to rehearsal, like in his workout, like mm -hmm, the tight mm -hmm. under armor top. I'm like- We've all got our I'm things, like, how? We? Like for me, it's like, if I ain't doing burpees, I can't do nothing with that <laughs> on, bro. Like I can't do anything. And he's like, it's like being bare chested. I'm like, but it's, it but, it's uh, <laughs> but it's not. Maybe there's the show up, show out when there's nothing on that doesn't quite well, exist when can, it's- There's uh, nothing you can really do. And I don't know if you're, I don't know, I guess dance background wise as well, like coming from, you know, when I really think about the fact that oh, I never had formal training, I grew up dancing. It was in my life. Mm. I grew up like, you know, in a Caribbean community and it was a part of everything we did, mm -hmm. but that's only, on analysis through older people in my family being like, oh, it made sense that you dance. You were always dancing. And me being like, eh? Mm -hmm. But from that, it was like, it was very much about how you moved your body, how you moved your spine, how you moved these things. Mm -hmm. 
and I, I don't know, I felt comfortable in that way when there was less sometimes because I, I could just feel it, mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to string, I have another question now. <laughs> um, similarly to the uh, crossover between hobby, passion, which it remains, obviously, I don't think anyone would continue mm. doing it if it's... Uh, if they hated it all of a sudden. I think some people do. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, actually. I take that back. Yeah, it's like, why are you still doing this? You don't seem very happy. I digress. Um, the transition from on stage in front of camera to the creative team side, um, the moment, if it was a, a thought process that happened over time or if there was one last gig and you knew that would be the last or, you know, that realm of things mm. i think i i get this question quite often and i think it not to say that it's not a good question <laughs> that's fine it's um, very possible that it's rubbish <laughs> but it's um for me again going back to that typical what i would consider british sort of upbringing in dance choreography was just i, I didn't again know it was called choreography i just knew i liked to make things and be creative mm -hmm. so you know end of term comes and you get to make up a dance and I'm like yes <laughs> everyone else is like running to the back of the studio it's like I'll do it <laughs> I'll take you from but, here guys yeah everybody <laughs> Sarah to the right um <laughs> but it's yeah it was always something that I loved doing teaching was something I always loved doing and I didn't realize I was doing any of those things until you know later on teacher goes oh uh, do you want to come and teach or assist? And then do you want your own classes? And then actually, do you want to choreograph for that competition? Or, um, you know, my local dance school gave me my sort of first bigger opportunity of, they decided to put a musical on for the first time. And it was um, good old Boxy Malone uh, in 2000, I think. When did I do? Yeah, 2000. Wow. And um, 21 years ago. Blup, 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 blup. Still out um, here. Still out here trying, guys. Doing. Um, so. Thriving. I was going to um, do that for the rest of the pod. People yeah. talking just like. Living. Just <laughs> ad libs. <laughs> Finger snaps. Um, so, yeah. it And I, it was definitely that. But I suddenly, I think I was just at home one Sunday and realised that we had rehearsals sort of the next week. And I was like, I. I've actually got to make something up. Mm. And like the kind of realization of having to think about patterns and who's going to be on and who's doing a, a costume change and, you know, all those kind of things. And then I think that just kind of grew. And I was really lucky through Zoo because I kind of had the ladder through there of going from performer, mm -hmm. dance captain, teacher, then assisting Kate, and then just, you know, going up from there. And mm. always felt really lucky that with most of those shows, there was an R&D process and getting to flex that muscle, so to speak. But... I think, yeah, I, I just think it was always there. I just didn't necessarily know what to call it and I didn't necessarily label it as anything. It's like when I, you know, even just thinking about music, I didn't know that what I loved when I was younger was rap. Didn't realise that's the bracket it fell mm. under or, mm. you know, and I mean, I love all sorts of music, but that, yeah, it's never been something that I have titled or labelled. It was just always innately in me to, yeah, boss people around, really. <laughs> Do it very well. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Rebel. Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I I don't think I respected the amount of choreography that I ended up doing when I was quite young. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and how much that kind of has clearly led into led into my life. I was choreographing before I wanted to be a choreographer. Mm-hmm. And I know that because of now, like on reflection, the things that I actually turned down because I wanted to dance. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I realized I didn't become this person that, um, that person that I think people would have assumed that I would have been, or even I would have assumed that I would have been, which would have been maybe a little bit more opportunistic in certain moments. I, um, mm-hmm. I, remember being on a video set um, for a Beverly Night music video with- um, Does it keep the fire burning? It is with Kenrick, Jack McKenzie, a few other, few other um, known known peeps out there. I think Tanisha might've been in it. I think I so. Think was, I think she was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my girl. Mm. And I remember being in rehearsals and I I was still maybe I was like 17 and I loved dancing so much that you could literally just not get me to stop. And I remember Kenrick coming Truth. up to me and being like, stop dancing <laughs> because the choreography we were working with. And nowadays, now I actually, um, I actually, appre- I actually appreciate this energy more like for someone to be inspired by what the dancers they have in the room are mm. doing. But I think at that point in time, there was this big thing or maybe with that person that they felt like, oh, if the dancer in the room are doing something like that choreographer is going to take specifically what that dancer is doing, like those eights that they mm. were freestyling mm-hmm. and use that as mm-hmm. their choreo. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, and Kenrick was basically trying to warn me ah, of that in that moment. But I realized like, I just love like creating. And then mm. we had a class at Huskies on a Tuesday that like we inherited from like a dance company called Plague, who I still believe are the, probably the best street dance, street yes, yes. dance um, crew that ever kind of like existed. Um, shout outs to like Mukhtar for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, for being great, and and we inherit this Tuesday class that evolved, and some of the members from when Plague. You we say all talk. We, who you... Myself, Turbo, Turbo Ashley, that Turbo Ashley Kim Slum, Slum Funk, but it wasn't Slum Funk for a long time. It was just the Plague class that people still thought Word. they were going to on a Tuesday night, and then <laughs> one day, <laughs> and then one, no, but obviously Turbo and Ashley were in Plague, yeah, 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 yeah. so they were still yeah. teaching this class. And then one day they asked me to teach a combo, and I then made up a combo and like. And then that became like a regular rotation between us four, but with me like doing it a lot. Mm-hmm. And then obviously mm-hmm. being in a Brit school with people like Brooke, who is inherently creative, always wants everyone else around him to like create, even though he he's not a forthright asking kind of person. You kind of like when you're around that kind of energy of someone who's always doing, mm-hmm. you just do, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, so we were always doing stuff and I, as a dancer, I got my first assisting job with a guy called Richard Jackson mm-hmm. when I was like, um, I was maybe 19 on a music video for Alicia Dixon. And anyone knows Richard Jackson is now the choreographer for Lady Gaga. And, oh, okay. And this is long before Lady Gaga was like doing bits. So mm-hmm. you just don't know where mm-hmm. people are going to mm-hmm. end up. Mm-hmm. And I got asked to work with him um, and be his assistant. And I did. And then he went back to America and like gave no flying fucks about that project anymore and they didn't know who to call so then they were calling me so then i'm having to choreograph like oh. all these numbers for a show and also like pick dancers mm-hmm. and i picked all the people that inspired me I, I wasn't that person who had like that ego i need to hide these people that i can control i called all the people who taught me how to be how i was i called Dwayne. i called christian i called these mm-hmm. energies that inspired me to because i felt like they were the best 
and that's just how I felt. And I was choreographing. I remember whilst being on that project with those great dancers, at Rowan obviously as well. Mm -hmm. um, I remember being on that project and I just wanted to dance. Like me having to make up the steps was like a real byproduct. I also didn't ever want to teach the artist the steps. I'd always ask Dwayne to teach it or make up the steps, ask Dwayne to teach it. I didn't want to communicate it with them. I just wanted to be with the dancers and mm -hmm. dance. And, mm -hmm. and I got offered other gigs at the very beginning of them coming up, like Pixie Lot at the very beginning. I remember being at a TV show and someone saying, I've got this new act and you should like work with them. And they gave me their number. I remember I wrote it down and felt tip on a piece of paper that I had sat by my printer, no word of a lie, for like 10 years. And it's funny how that person who asked me to do that comes full circle in my mm -hmm. life, mm -hmm. even though I never ever called Did them yeah. off of that number, yeah. because I knew I just wanted to dance. So every dance opportunity that came, like then I was taking that and then I was touring and then I wasn't. So for me, I don't know where that, when, um, when I formally knew that I wanted to choreograph, like, and. I didn't even respect or think about the stuff that I'd done previously. Mm -hmm. It's clearly been in me. And I remember I knew that I wanted to change my life and pursue something else when I was maybe like 26, 27. Mm -hmm. I remember I was in an arena somewhere um, in Northern Europe and my phone connected to the Wi-Fi automatically. And I was like, as much as I love this, I've clearly been around too much now. Like I've, I've, I've been here before. I've been here before. <laughs> different show, but different day. If mm -hmm. I don't change my job title, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who's going to do it? And I did, I pursued choreography to become an actor. I, I used to act and I pursued choreography with my girlfriend at the time, um, who's called Dominique Tipper. And we became like a choreographic duo to both pursue the other things that we wanted to do. She wanted to pursue her music. I wanted to pursue acting. Funnily enough, she is now a, actress in multiple yeah. <laughs> things and really um from what i hear i haven't spoken to her in a while but what, what i hear is really like in that world now mm -hmm. producing doing bits mm -hmm. like is really part of of that um that conversation in a big way and i really realized how much dance was a big driving force for me because it's why i loved and stayed in choreography mm -hmm. and even now when i choreograph i realize my being in the game is because i love dance i didn't realize how much i love dance like it's crazy and that mm -hmm. was me wanting to become a choreographer in the longest form sense of me explaining that but i have <laughs> never i have never said all that stuff before <laughs> but I, I, I don't think i've even thought about half exactly, that stuff i was gonna before. say that like it, it might be a long listen, but people are going to do it. But you can fast forward, no ads. But I said this to uh, Glenn in uh, the identity one that there's just, we could talk at this level whenever we want, like we're connected in that way, but just to have the excuse and like permission to do it, you mm. just do find yourself saying things and thinking things like, oh, just never really, like it's fact. Just it's so everyone it's knows story, you can't but... actually talk to Tally on this level very often. She's allergic <laughs> to the phone. And um, unless you are dying in a ditch. Which you wouldn't know because you didn't answer the phone. She would not know, guys. <laughs> I love, Jay is the first dancer I met. We didn't dance when we met. I know Jay well enough to know that phone calls aren't short. So it's not a case of like, let me just stop what I'm doing for a minute to talk to Jay. It's let me set aside an hour or two if for this If you frequently, then they get shorter because there's less to talk about. I have this conversation with so many of my friends. 
I'm usually you. It's very <laughs> rare, but it's not like I don't answer the phone. So I get a WhatsApp message about the thing that it's about. So it's not urgent. <laughs> Let's not do this. Let's not do this. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you guys. <laughs> I wanted you to answer that one, but go oh, on. which question? The um, dancer, performer, maker, creative. I think mine came from more of a place of like <laughs> failure in a way, for for want of a better phrase. But like in the sense that I, for a minute, which is where me and Kerry, like, I guess our paths uh, crossed, but where I was like, I want to be a commercial dancer. I was probably one of those people, to be honest, that was like, I want to be a commercial dancer. And you, you were. Yeah, and you were probably like, <laughs> for what? what? What are you even talking about? And I was like, I just want to do it. And then I think pretty quickly, I did all the things I was supposed to do for it. Like, I went to all the classes I enrolled in college and stuff, and I was around the people that were, like Sammy and people that were mm -hmm. clearly on the path to success. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe half a meter down the road, I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to do this. Mm. Um, not that I didn't want to dance, but I, all these things that I think you were saying about, you know, what we were talking about earlier about the... Um, Secret society stuff. About, yeah, about the stuff that, that you miss as a, like, as a casual observer and mm -hmm. you realize mm -hmm. as you get into this world of all the things that are important to mm -hmm. do, mm -hmm. I realized that wasn't where my love mm -hmm. lied or my passion lay, if that makes sense. Like I didn't find any joy in those things. Or you mm -hmm. know what you were saying? Like you have to be able to like do the choreo of the of the choreography you hate or something like that. Like I was just like, no, why would I ever why do that? I don't want ever? to. Not that, you know, I don't agree with that, but I, for me, I was like, I just don't enjoy this. So mm -hmm. I think from there, I went on such a winding path and like I've been around, let's say like the, the dance scene for 14 or something years, but I wouldn't even say I didn't make a full time living off my creativity until like three years ago. Mm. And like I was, I mean, I had a year when I was at the center, I was only um, dancing. So I made yeah. a little bit of money, like Toy Box heyday. I made a little bit of money from teaching. Yeah, and stuff. shout out Toy Box back <laughs> in the day. Um, but besides that, I've never really gone full time. And I had such a winding path of like, I left the center and then I was working like a normal job. And I was, I thought I wanted to be like just a battler. Then I realized there was no fucking money in battles. And then I was like, what am I doing with my life? Then I went to uni and I was like, going to do events. So I was like all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's the thing of like, I don't have any regrets because I wouldn't be me if I hadn't gone through that journey and I'm quite happy with who I turned out to be, mm. but like, I think you should be, Oh, thanks mate. <laughs> but I think that, that transition between, because obviously I don't now just dance. Like I do like photography, video and mm. all sorts of different shit, which I love doing. And I love that differentiation in my practice, mm. but I think that came from, right. Well, I can't, like if I if I had succeeded and just got signed to an agency and I was working, I probably would have just stayed on that path and f to varying levels of happiness. But I think through like- I don't think you would have, you know. No? No, I think you've all, and I'm not saying that as in because you wouldn't have been successful. Right. I mean, there was always something different about you in a way that you always wanted something different. Mm. You were never going to follow 
that path yeah. because that path didn't suit Luke. Yeah. In in all the best ways. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was a it was a weird like I didn't know where I was going or what and for a long time I felt really like unhappy and lost and like I'm I'm failing where everyone else especially like I was on such a parallel path to someone like Sammy when we met in, mm-hmm. like back in 2007 and we both had so many conversations about yeah we're both going to do this and like we're both going to be in this same place and I always say this about Sammy what's mad is like Grover yeah Sammy Grover mm-hmm. like where she's ended up and I can like vouch for this because I knew her when she was like 17 or something mm. is like exactly where she said she'd always end up. Every time I see her stuff, like it actually makes me so happy because I'm like, I remember these conversations from when we were just nobody really. Mm. And she was just starting out and she was like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm, it's like <clears throat> almost word for word. She's like made it where she said she was going to. Mm. And I see like I was on that kind of parallel path. And then it was just like, yeah, it didn't it didn't. um yeah, for whatever reason, didn't feel like the right one. But mm. I think for me, it came from a case of like, right, well, I've got to make some shit happen. So like along the way, it was like, right, well, now I've learned a bit of like from my days of like doing like five or six classes a week or whatever. I was like, right, I've got a bit of grounding in picking up choreography. So when I went into the battle scene, I could do perform and pick up choreography better than most of the battlers, especially back in like 2008 or whatever. Mm. Then I gained like freestyle skills there. So then when I went into, let's say, like doing other things, I was like, right, I've got a bit of choreography and a bit of battle freestyle experience. So I have a bit of expertise in these styles and I can pick up and do choreo. So then if I go into a theatre show, I'm now useful Mm -hmm. a bit Mm -hmm. more than someone that just studied that and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And then it was like, right, well... I'm not making any fucking money. Let's <laughs> let's start a new arriving back at mm. that. Yeah, <laughs> and just like okay, well now I'm gonna go. All these like mistakes ended up adding to who I am basically. So it's mm. like okay, I went to uni and studied events, which was useless in terms of becoming a full time event manager. But now I have a bit of experience mm. in running events, and that's all logistics and project management, which is this or anything else mm. I do. Running even running a dance company, it's stuff that I learned from mm. uni. Then photography, video, it all comes to create who I am now, if that makes sense. So I think it was more from a case of like, well, that didn't work. Fuck it. Move on. That didn't work. Fuck it. Move on. And like now looking back and in my, in my old age, like I'm, (laughs) no, but compared to like when you're young and 18 and you're like, I'm going to take over the world. Now I'm looking back and I'm like, all these things that I thought were failures are what makes me unique. And what is Mm -hmm. giving me the ability to do what, no one else can do it not in a way like that i think i'm better but i can just the combination of things yeah i feel confident now that i can carve out a space that no one else can carve out because Mm -hmm. of all these mistakes and they're not really mistakes because i learned shit Mm -hmm. through all of these endeavors i guess so from yeah to answer your question i i went long as well (laughs) no it's all good but they're not they're not mistakes man And, and it's crazy like some of the stuff you're saying the things that Okay, so because commercial scene and commercial people come have been coming up a lot in the conversation, I guess yeah. being about industry, mm-hmm. I look at industry when I think of industry, I don't think about the industry, I think about industry, like your own industry mm. making, like your work that you do. But mm-hmm. we're talking about commercial stuff and those people, myself being one of those people who could have worked on jobs where you're making coral feed you don't like look good. It's all, it's all about what people are actually driven by. Mm-hmm. And I learned quite early on that all the best commercial dancers were always the most interesting humans. They were the most interesting human beings, had the most interesting lives outside Mm. of dance, interesting conversations, Mm. interesting things going on. They're interesting people. And that's what they brought to the stage. And that's what they brought when they just had to stand on the stage. And and they tapped that. You know what I'm saying? They tapped into that. And I realized for myself also equally what inspired me was sometimes 
I love dance and I would always fulfill my dance in boots by just moving and doing whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. Doing someone else's choreography wasn't going to make me depressed because I enjoyed the process of being in a room with those people. Mm -hmm. And I think like when I really think about some of the jokes, things that I've been a part of or been on or whatever, like, I'd never been in something that I found like embarrassing. I just, I just didn't, I don't think I got hired on those kind of things. Mm -hmm. If I'm yeah, honest, yeah. that were like cornball stuff. Like you I've never been really, dressed as a cigarette dancing <laughs> in a ashtray Best with grey tights like That's as wild. the ash with the Ema and Nicole, Nicole. Bonzi and that is obviously not an accolade that's at like the top <laughs> of my CV and the show that it was a part of didn't even get recommissioned but I had the most fun the as a dancer, the best credit on my CV is Rihanna at the Brits and it was the least enjoyable time. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that so, the credit, you know, bingo. credit, enjoyment, fulfillment, they don't, they are not. So if you can detach that and you yeah. can just be mm -hmm. about what you're about, mm -hmm. then just be about what you're about, mm -hmm. you know, and take every single thing mm -hmm. for what it kind of like, gives you and don't be ashamed about what you enjoy and not what mm -hmm. you own and it just sounds like to me being someone that doesn't know you as much but like you know i pay attention and um and it seems to me like you were always gonna you just needed to really tap what drove you yeah you know because of, it just sounds to me like you were, it. yeah it just sounds to me like you were you were allowing yourself to be driven by because i also say the most successful and the coolest or inverted commas again mm -hmm. coolest mm -hmm. commercial dancers who maybe could do actually weren't commercial dancers, they just worked in the commercial realm mm -hmm. yeah in america in the uk all of that kind of stuff i don't think any of them really had aspirations to ever be inverted commas turn around and say to anyone i want to be a commercial dancer mm -hmm. none of them did mm -hmm. i never had those words come out of my mouth mm -hmm. in fact for a little while with my assistants i banned the word commercial <laughs> in rehearsals because i i was never really trying to fuck with like some like what i considered to be what people who tried to bottle up commercial stuff no yeah. you know like people who tried to bottle up what commercial right, was right, it's like right. if i'm drawing from if we're doing a tap number today like we're going to go mm -hmm. to some deep references within that yeah, and yeah. within rhythmic movement in general. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so yeah, the show might end up being on like, you know, telly, but it's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the driving force was never yeah. I've thought this commercial. with um, regards to, you know, the commercial classes that exist and there's every possibility that this may seem shady, but I, I don't care. Well, stupid brain, stupid. Um, but just in terms of, Fair enough, they're busy classes and there's the possibility of getting that footage and that exposure in that way. But to learn commercial skills from people that don't work as choreographers in the commercial. So, yes, and I, when I say commercial industry, commercial choreographers, <laughs> commercial dancers, I'm just using it as a term because we recognize it rev whether or mm. not we think it's a, a positive thing. I don't mean it to be reductive, but it's just to get the conversation going but i thought in the height in inverted commas we're doing that a lot today of my time with aaron it blew my mind that people that would tell me that they wanted to work for him for us weren't at my class because it wasn't a commercial it's commercial class but it's like i'm a direct i'm as close as you're getting to him yeah. as someone that isn't about like that 
and you're not here. I don't mind that you're not here. We're having a great time. But it just seems short-sighted. But I'd see you in commercial classes. Yeah. But how about the people who say they want to work for a certain choreographer and then don't go to that choreographer's class? Yeah. Like, that's jokes. I think, yeah. I think there's a lot <laughs> like, of like... really jokes. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of like blindsidedness, I think, just in training in general and the fact that mm. even... If you go to college thinking that those three years are it, or if you think that, like you say, but if I go to this class and this class, because I've seen that person in it that is, you know, is working, is going to be the right path for you. Like we keep saying, we keep referring back to the same points. Mm. Everyone's path is different, but don't be stupid. Yeah. Like be, be respectful of everyone's art. Everyone's art is not necessarily going to be for you. I knew from like fairly early on that dancing behind an artist wasn't, going to give me at that point in my life as much enjoyment or as much challenge as maybe a hip-hop theatre show would mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying that that will always remain the case it's just something I recognize then but like you say it's 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 I use this term a lot but add to your toolbox like wisely mm -hmm. like yes you're not going to necessarily become a house freestyler but is going to some house class going to be useful to mm -hmm. you to recognize and appreciate a genre where you might then come across a choreographer who is going to use that in their work. And obviously that can apply all across the board. Obviously class costs money, but mm -hmm. you know, if, Which do people you have to don't go to that seem to mind spending, yeah, but spend exactly. it wisely. wisely. And I think it's like, what do you want? I'm not, a, I am now, but I wouldn't say I was a goal oriented person. I was just doing what I wanted mm. for better or for worse. But I speak to people sometimes and they tell me what they want. But what they're doing doesn't, doesn't align, align with that at yeah. all. Like I was at HDI one year and I spoke to um, a dancer, a creative um, that wanted to choreograph more. And I was like, why are you here? Like this ain't cheap. Like you're mm. just here like banging out. You're telling me that, but that seems odd. And um, like, if you just want to come and train and sweat and stuff, but I don't, I don't know. It just felt odd to me. Mm. And you might be better off just asking Josh if you can just come and be in the room and mm -hmm. see, you know, just watch the stuff that they're making. It was just, I don't know. I think it's also, there's a, it, it, this is something I've been thinking about a lot is that there's a, there's definitely like what Jay was saying about, like he learned how to learn. Like there's a way to learn and there's also a way to, in the same way, like there's a way to achieve your goals, which isn't necessarily the path that's presented to you. Because if you look mm -hmm. at, a class schedule it's like well where does it say learn to be a choreographer what time is that class and it's like it's not there so you have to like go as a good learner and i would guess that a lot of the people that have reached the places that they've reached in a, in a good sense have done so by going outside of the box and around and all these like snakes and ladders kind of situation where yes you know it's like okay i can go to this class and just pick up the choreo and leave mm. like is on the schedule like i'm told mm. to do pay mm. my however much pounds and then leave mm -hmm. but then the people that succeed are the ones that think outside of that oh maybe i'm going to talk to the teacher and after maybe i'm going to ask a advice business what, what? and a career because i feel yeah. like the the blending of passion and career i think maybe shuts down that sense of analysis or considering mm -hmm. it as a business because i said in our intro podcast about like i read business magazines and like the models for stuff it's uh it's products so mm. it's not necessarily an intensive but i can transfer the models and make them make sense to my iii brand and i try to when i'm looking at things and offers like i as much as i can i try to think of my brand in those financial terms mm -hmm. just to keep my eye on the this yeah. is a business and yeah it's lo-fi and it needs to be affordable and it is about um 
serving people and all of that jazz, but I've cracked that I can do that and also make double my assistant rate. So yeah, I'm doing mm. more of these, please. Mm. Playing devil's advocate, do you think though that we're still, because I think this is very much the case, brought up to be, obviously we are thankful, grateful people, but you know, thankful and grateful for that job and still the experience culture and still the fact that, oh yeah, it's so nice you get to do your passion as a career. And like you say, because those lines are so blurred, people... I don't think it's put enough into people's heads. It's certainly yeah. not mine because I, f- I feel like it's only stuff that I'm discovering now mm-hmm. about, you know, not worrying about talking about money, thinking yeah. about I their career wish. path. I hope we can get onto a money yeah. part. Yeah. Because for, like the main thing that comes into mind, I think it's the easiest to talk to younger uh, dancers about is return of investment mm-hmm. as a business term. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like how many mm-hmm. times are you going to that class? And it doesn't need to necessarily translate. It would be great if it translated into a job, especially if it's a commercial class. I shouldn't be here every week for a year and that not get me on a stage somewhere mm-hmm. as a commercial class. That seems like a yeah. odd choice. Um you know so, what, if if people really want that return of investment as well from commercial choreographers, this is just a shout out to any dancer who might be listening. Show those people that could give you those opportunities some love in regards to wanting to learn from them. Mm. Um, that will get them out of their holes. I, I think that people are definitely, you know, as much as some of those people are the most humble people I know, that everyone has an element of ego. And I think if they felt like there was a huge amount of support for them to do what they did, not just by like accident, like they're the most confident person they should come and teach and expect people to come. People don't think like that. So if you showed them love and you really want return on investment and there are people out there who work a lot and you wanna do work with them and they're not teaching classes for you to ever be seen by them, get yourself, get your friends, get your other people who feel the same to show those people love and get them out of that hole so they feel like there is a community for them to to teach to who really want to learn from them. Because mm-hmm. that might that might be the thing to to get them out there. And then you might really truly see return of in, on investment because I know that any choreographer with a smart brain would really love pay new talent. Yeah. Would pay attention to that for one and, and would really love to meet and use new talent that are great people or, you know, all of those kind of things. So I, I would I would just say that because there's there's a there's a real detachment that you feel like you can only speak to these people about certain things and even the questions that I get asked sometimes. Sometimes it's good to just be like nice and show love. Like even in even with what I do. And I was about to say in my position, but it's like, I don't want to say in my position, like I feel like I'm above anyone else. I've just had the experiences that Mm. I've had. Mm -hmm. And there's an assumption on how I um, perceive my own status because of how other people perceive status in stuff. And I just never really see any problem with saying to someone when I think something is great or something is good, or I want to be around that, or I want to learn from that, or I want to do that even at this stage in my life, let alone my career. Mm -hmm. So, I just think if 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 there's things that could really actually maybe serve you and people that could maybe serve you, um, maybe really show them the love to 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 get to get what you need. I out think of that. for me that's something that I, I think we touched on this in the intro, but about like networking and and or we spoke about it at some point, but like about people misunderstanding what networking is Bingo. and like sometimes it can just be reaching out and being like I'd love to work with you or this or that mm. and not having to. I don't know, do it in a different way or wait for them to put on a class. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. reaching out and be like, mm-hmm. I'd love to learn from you or whatever. And that, letting them that, know. that may be more the thing than wanting to work for you because when you're going to learn from someone, like that's what you go. If you're saying you want to go and work for them, it's like loads of people do because they want to work, <laughs> yeah. you know, you just want to work. You want to get mm-hmm. that coin. But yeah. 
but I think I always I, everything in my life always like is actually you know in terms of me realizing who I am as a person has always come from kind of like retrospect like it's always been me being older looking down because mm -hmm. every single thing no word of a lie has been like some sort of like freakish Frankenstein accident mm -hmm. like of coincidences that I've managed to like understand and bottle up and still even now I kind of like I'm understanding the collisions I'm understanding mm -hmm. things way mm -hmm. faster because I'm mm -hmm. learning my own process of mm -hmm. accidental collisions I'm like a bull in a china shop with how these things happen and what I realize about networking is like I as much as I can sound pretty serious sometimes I have a real enthusiasm for life and for people and True. for human energy and like that I think naturally comes across if you get me in mm -hmm. a conversation no matter how you who you are and we're talking about something that is like cool like it doesn't even be interested mm -hmm. to me just something that's good like something that's like is something and we're both invigorated you're gonna have me there and I've just been in those situations with people that have ended up being quite important mm -hmm. to my journey. Mm -hmm. And like, that is like freakishly weird. Like, if I'm honest, like, and I would never call it networking. People are like, oh, you're such a good networker. You're talking to that person. You're talking to that. I was like, I didn't even know who, uh, who I, I was talking to. Rebby's you know? <laughs> similarly gifted in that way. Yes. I think I was talking to Ivan about this the other day that I... I see it, I wouldn't, I mean, generally my frequency is very chilled and we speak about this in the intro as well, that mm. I might be extremely excited about something, but you might not hear it in my voice. <laughs> I can always tell when you're excited. Yeah. Um, how? I, I just can. Like you do show your enthusiasm in like really interesting ways, especially when you're in person with you, like you're always like the biggest squeeze, longest hug type of, I can tell you when you're yeah. really actually jubilated that like something is actually happening. Oh. I love that. I'll take I can that. Talk, but I've also known you for like a long, close a long to time for 20 years. My I've known dream. you for 20 years, you know, so yeah. <laughs> it takes a long time to understand. <laughs> <laughs> you just undid. <laughs> You're so good. I appreciate I'm that. Um like I more so than an enthusiasm, I'm just leaning into like what I've done and what I'm up to in a way that we spoke about this or I had this with a student where they were making a piece and they were talking about uh, what they thought the audience would need from it. And then we kind of got round to the fact that that's what you expect when you watch something. Mm -hmm. And my reaction to people telling me what they were up to in detail when I was young, I was just like, Bragathon, and now, mm. and it's a very British <laughs> thing of like celebrating yeah. wins and successes. And I rated Ivan when I spoke to him the other day, like he's always done that. And it's not been in a bragging way. It's just like, this is what I'm doing. And I think in a networky way, that is useful. If someone yeah. says, what are you up to? It's just a very British, very reductive. Yeah, you and you know, it's my hob, you know, the tortured artist kind of vibe of like, yeah, just like some, just on some stuff. It's like, talk about your stuff. Yeah, yeah. I genuinely hate that conversation. Cause if you ask me, I then get so factual cause it's a conversation that I hate. So I, mm -hmm. I just say, what I've been doing. And luckily I'm always trying to do something, but mm -hmm. I hate that conversation. Like some people are good at, like you said, like Ivan's good at it mm -hmm. from like a descriptive mm -hmm. point mm -hmm. of view. Mm -hmm. I'd just rather talk about like X-Men or something though. Like, you know, like you'll get me more with that. <laughs> I'm trying to get better at it. Also for like a, hearing it back, it, it feels like it will serve me well to speak about it and like register yeah. the, 
not the gravity of the things that I'm doing, but to a degree, especially mm -hmm. as self-employed and a lot of the things I'm doing are things that I'm putting the wheels in motion for, like mm. hearing it back, just like, yeah, man, sick. And I, a lot with my agency stuff, I will always, or used to always say, yeah, and zoo stuff's going well, but that could be the difference between having one person teach a workshop for 60 quid and repping 120 plus dancers on a film. And I always reduce it to zoo stuff. Yeah. Mm. And like when I got really stressed and told my boss that like, I don't need the money, take it away. I can't do it anymore. I had to list what that role was on mm. that film. And when I did that, similar to UJ with the producer set designer, I wasn't designing any sets, but it was an agent. There was so much more to it. And I actually want to write a CV, like an old, mm. not an old school CV, but like a non-dance CV, just to put down on paper, like Your what my skills, skills are. Set yeah, you is. should. Because you, I'm just do, you just do it, and especially because the agency is just me, it's easy to forget what it is that I'm doing just through doing it. Can so. we put therapist on our on our skill sets, <laughs> yeah. guys? Because I think all of us, I Unlicensed think, the longer that we've all spent in the yeah. game, have you realised how much your um your ability to like help coach, yeah, coach and advise and whatever has been so like you might not have even known that you had those skills, like mm -hmm. like. But I would I say no working brain has been my biggest thing in regards to working with um, artists, especially. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But do you not think as well, I just think we're that industry. Would, I was doing a uh, talk the other day and I think just like you were saying, the transferable skill of our industry is insane. And I think even though our industry is up the shitter at the moment, <laughs> at the moment, and, and not to a full degree, the hustle of everyone is real, whether that mm. is Sainsbury's driving, whether that is working on a creative project, whether that is working on them as a person, because we have to hustle period. Like something like Corona has only, I think made that hustle come out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. more of a fighter in, in a lot of people. Obviously it, it's not for everybody, but it's it annoys me or it did used to annoy me not so much now because i would just laugh at it now but just like oh so you just get to prance around on stage well, yeah because yeah, that takes zero skill yeah, zero yeah, yeah. none mm. i have no people skill i have no uh you know academic skill i have no this that and the other and but also the speed of how you learn something yeah. like the speed of how you adapt mm. like, yeah like is learning thing, on job is it not, uh, not even that which is just to your point, I always say to everyone, like dancers can, if they can um, hone their skills, like what their real skills are, like life skills they've learned from dancer and go and apply it to something else, mm. they can take over. Even if it's just within the industry, mm -hmm. dancers mm -hmm. going to become lighting designers, going to become mm -hmm. set designers, going to become like anything, like mm -hmm. audio engineers or, mm -hmm. or things, th things that still apply to our industry. Mm. I think they would just learn it and do it so much better than other people. Yeah. I do think that it is... Like you don't want to kill anyone's dream or rain on their parade, but I do try to encourage that it just might not be dance though. Like it might, dance might be your entry into the industry and it is something entirely different that you're supposed to do. But that very like laser, it's dancing, I will get on that arena stage, just like you're possibly missing your calling your in calling, that like yeah. dogged pursuit. And you had a question way back, is it still there? Which, because then I said no, but I want you to answer my question. Oh, like, is it, it's fine if it's it may not because I have on a tangent. I think I have a few questions, but they're maybe not related to the current topic. So mine is ish. Go then. <laughs> In the skill set, like many of the things, what I really wanted to um, 
clarify for people that might not know is where the different income streams that you have mm. because through the identity and the labeling of you know teacher choreograph a choreographer agent there's still within those umbrella terms so many different mm. ways and i we don't talk about money enough i don't think there are enough examples in the industry or community of people that are making sustainable mm. um income. career yeah mm. it doesn't seem like such like that the hustle is like honorable and it's like, well, no, but it also equals cold, hard cash. Like don't mm -hmm. trip. I'm not 34. Just doing this for the funsies. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. the code's been cracked and it's how I make my money. You know, this is the thing as well. Like, especially what you were just saying before, I can't remember exactly how you phrased it, but about like dance being your um, entry point And there's other things mm -hmm. within that. Like, I think this is something we've really, I don't know whether it's changed in the battle scene, but for a long time, um, a lot of the kind of kids or people coming into the battle scene were looking at these top level battlers, mm -hmm. seeing them living off dance and mm -hmm. just say all they're posting on their Instagram is that they're dancers. They don't have a job. They're not doing anything else. Mm -hmm. They're just dancers. So it must be that winning battles equals a sustainable living. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. they chase that for a while and realize that's not the fucking case It's getting their sponsorship slow like i mean the even the bc1 all-stars um or the the red bull um all-star mm -hmm. team is like a very small minority of people that get yeah. a, they get a salary as far as i know mm -hmm. um to battle and that's like almost unheard of and then mm -hmm. you have like some of the like you know bc1 and all those but nobody is really a hundred percent living off battles well i say nobody but a small small mm -hmm. percentage mm -hmm. but what i think people were missing is the fact that these dancers are also working in theatres. They're also working on music videos. They're also like, like we were talking about, um, uh, yeah, like touring and these type of things. Um, they're doing all these other things that they, they started off as a battler. They got really big and they used that platform as like, they've won this, they've won this, they've won this to book a job here, to book a job there, to book a job there. But mm. it's a, it's a spread of income. It's mm. not mm. just, Oh, I'm winning. And then you go and it's like, okay, cool. It's a 500 pound prize. Like how many, and that's for an eight hour day or something, including prelims and stuff. Like how many battles do you think these people are winning mm -hmm. <laughs> when all you're seeing is 500 pounds? Like some of the biggest battles in the world, it's like maybe like two grand prize. It's like two grand for like, what was it? A four day weekend is not worth mm -hmm. it. Like that you potentially have to pay to get there. there. Someone, and you pay to get there, you've yeah. flown in. Like they're doing other things. And I think this transparency is missing, especially in the battle scene where, not that it's their responsibility to post mm. all their income streams, but we don't talk about it enough that it's like a lot of big time battlers are not living off the thing that you see them doing. Mm -hmm. It's a multitude of things and they might be even using the battle scene. And I've heard people speak about this, using the battle scene as an advertising platform. That's where they generate their work from and then they go and do it elsewhere. But them being on these big stages high and mm. high profile things is what books them the things that actually make the money mm -hmm. as opposed mm -hmm. to that being the thing if that mm -hmm. makes sense someone's missing a trick there like and they have for a long time because a lot of the people who run a lot of these everything even down to just a boo and stuff yeah. like that i don't think are the most astute business people i think don't they're maybe driven started. by different things but all i mean is that i think there's really been a a trick with with monetizing what i call high inspirational work like the battle scene is full of highly creative individuals who can think and move on the spot who are like athletes beyond and like this um this amount of like human achievement mm -hmm. like that they create like you know 
not being marketed and connected to the right things in the right places and the right way. Like someone's missing the trick. But like you know someone's what it is? Really I'll, I'll tell you exactly it. why that happens is because there is a, in my opinion, um, come for me in the comments. Um, in my opinion, there is a massive mistranslation of what it means to preserve a culture. Yeah. And I think all these styles are based mm. and rooted in things that, for the for a large part they're no longer being practiced in like doing hip-hop doing popping like you're not in new york in the 80s you're not in la in the whatever mm. like you're not in these gang cultures if you're a b-boy in a crew like you're just a guy who lives in a suburb who's like part of a crew right mm. and what happens is i for my, my opinion this mistranslation is that we have to like keep it real in air quotes or we have to do things the right way in air quotes and it's like that often gets turned into like not monetizing and taking full advantage of the commercial opportunities. And when these things happen, there's insane pushback from, again, in my opinion, uneducated people who don't quite realize what the what is happening here. Mm-hmm. Because like even B-Boy in, in the Olympics, which should be a massive celebration, it has was, had yeah. so much pushback from the scene because it's like, you know, even like b-boy in the Olympics or Red Bull being heavily involved in the culture in, in this way. Like there's a lot of pushback of like, oh, this isn't how it's supposed to be. And they're changing the scene. This is it's like it's already not how it's supposed to be. You're from Sweden doing a fucking battle culture thing that came from New York gang culture. And you're you know, what I mean, you're from Japan and you're like the best b-boy in the world or whatever it is. It's like it's already gone past that. So can we now look at what is the industry of the battle culture, which I think a lot of people are trying to pretend that doesn't exist. And I think this is where someone like you who comes from the like the world where of course things are monetized because we're working with we're professionals. You look at us in the battle scene and go, what the fuck is happening? Because it's like it's it's exactly what you said. Some they're missing a trick by yeah. trying to pretend that this Ooh. isn't what it is. And you know? missing a trick in the fact that actually how much that could elevate that Bingo. culture exactly. as well. If it's done it. right. And this is where I think that a lot of mistakes are being made because where you have all these like real again in air quotes people who are like, no, we don't want to make money, blah, blah, blah. The people who now go and make money are not the right people to be making yeah. the money. So mm-hmm. what should, exactly what you're saying, like what should be happening is that these people who are connected to the culture and who are like doing things like, like let's say authentically in air quotes, but mm-hmm. they're the ones that should be understanding like, yes, this is a culture and this is from um, marginalized people and all these things that usually hold back from pushing these things. Mm-hmm. But if they're involved in the, the push of the industry, it, you can grow this and we can all make money, including you, and it can be done respectfully and blah, blah, blah. But when they just go, no, no, we're not doing it. We're not selling out. Ev- other people Everyone go, loses. fuck it, yeah. I'll do it. Apart exactly. from the yeah. old white men. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, exactly. It's, exactly. It's crazy. There's but always going to be some industry guy who comes in and goes like, oh, mm. what's this uh, What's this shit? It's like it happened with rap at the very beginning, you know, like yeah. the first um, rap single that went when uh got signed i think i can't remember which one it was but i remember hearing that it was like that was heavily pushed back against because it was just some guys they weren't like the actual mcs in the parties they were just some guys who copied that Mm -hmm. and then they got famous and everyone was going well this is our culture and it's like well you missed the opportunity yeah you missed it and that's kind of what's happening now is like if you look at bc1 you look at the olympics there is massive interest in these battle styles and if you're not going right well then let's make our thing how we like it and and how we want to keep it authentic without it being you know diluted like a fucking fast and furious eight like then (laughs) which is a danger do you know what i mean but 
then someone else is going to do it. And mm-hmm. it's like you can you can preempt that and, you know, build from the inside. But yes, yeah, all that to agree. No, no, no <laughs> I, I, I completely agree. And even today I was thinking, like I watch, um, I watch like some fun, corny American shows every now and again. And I always watch, you know, when you ever watch police shows and mm. they're always talking about, and I watch this show called Billions as well. And um, they're always talking about, you know, like, oh, the policeman's fund or the fireman's fund and all this kind of stuff. What they're really talking about is a um, private funds created with percentages of salaries of the whole entire force, usually nationally within a certain country or regionally mm. in some sort of way. And then how that is then taken and invested to create, to become large funds, mm. um, which can then be given to people at certain points in their career as as bonuses, but also offer protection, give people power, and over years can obviously become a very powerful um, sum of money, especially invested, because it's taken and invested in places to become, mm. you know, huge things. Obviously, police and fire brigades and stuff mm. like that are like, you know, they're very, you know, they're things that have existed for a very long time. So that some of these funds have existed for long times, but to get smart within our industry and to maybe utilized we've got we've got flipping dance to a day trading now <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like people are not um people are not you know kind of like completely disconnected mm-hmm. from this world anymore but mm-hmm. i think if they could if people really want to take some power back and some control back into their industry whatever industry it might be um unfortunately we live in a capitalist world so having some some coin to to you know look after people and be there to kind of preserve what something is could be a really strong you know point of a strong point of action you mm-hmm. know creating a the dancers whether it be commercial whether it be all dancers in general creating a a fund that um that is then managed by a respectable you know financial body in some sort of way and is grown through you know generation generation you really mm-hmm. want to set something mm-hmm. in motion mm-hmm. like that's the type of shit that like I have been thinking about recently. Mm. And with and just by what you're saying, it's just like there's there's such a guilt over going back to what you're saying about, you know, is it a hobby, is it career? Like when do you make that choice? Or just for asking for the funds that you think your time is worth. Yeah. And I just feel there is so much guilt put on that. And again, it's it's ref- referencing in the battle scene as well. It's just like what this 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 needs to change because yeah. we're not we why can't there be value and respect for something that also has a monetary value to course, it do you yeah. know what i mean mm. they they can coexist together mm-hmm. but like you say quite often it, it's other brains potentially people who are not seeing the value that we see but see the the capitalization of it that yeah. they can make on it and it's but we're being stupid by not but sometimes <laughs> making that yeah. first step. Sometimes it's lack of capitalization also, or lack, lack of like, they're not being, what drives all of these things uh, or all these industries to maybe make money is usually about um, audience. You know, whether that be as a consumer, I'm still calling that as audience, people mm-hmm. who watch something, people who just, footballers get paid so much money because so many people watch it. Mm-hmm. Like as simple as that. Like the money's not just floating around. Um, it's because the reaction of football and advertising within football can equate to and betting and all of that kind of stuff can equate to huge sums of money in other industries mm-hmm. and um within dance there there might not be that but there's there's definitely something there's off, definitely yeah. something that can can grow and i think you you've only got to look no further than something like the nhs 
and people who are really working hard and people who are really saving lives and really not being rewarded for it. You know, like even as a young person with a mindset that might have been a little bit more disrespectful towards certain jobs or certain things, I never would have wanted to become a nurse after I saw how much a nurse got paid, even if I was ever thinking about becoming a nurse. Do you know what I mean? And like that, that exists. So it's like, wh where is this value and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. And sometimes people are going to do things for the love that don't seem like they're worth it and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's crazy. And people make these choices because they're also driven by very different things. But I do think in our industry, with the amount of great heads and great talent and the fact that I do think there is a real commercial value to the battle scene, to um, to to good dance in general, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. good dance in yep. general across the board. I think there is value to it that is, that is- um, Untapped. Untapped, mm -hmm. yeah. Dance for dance sake. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I think there's value to it if it could be yeah. shown in the right way by the right people right people have people have kind of touched on it tinged on it opening up the door mm -hmm. sometimes like to really niche like niche sub sub genres you know dave la chapelle with like rise and stuff trying to mm -hmm. shed light mm -hmm. on some of these industries and then instantly yes there was some monetization coming towards you know the crump and the clowning community that like you know elevated some of those individuals and elevated the scene in some sort of way but like where's the maintenance of those things yeah. you know where's yeah, the maintenance yeah. of that so i don't think that they were didn't uh is it prissy miss prissy yeah you did uh, yeah, she, she didn't came out to, recently saying yeah, that she was a patriot right? not for the film but Everything i worked i worked with miss prissy on a madonna, madonna. video yeah, yeah. she wouldn't have been on a madonna video if it wasn't for that film yeah and I think she would have been on a madonna tour pissed but i can imagine because yeah. from the film point of view from what that money in that film industry is like yeah. there was the definitely something to, and all of that 100 but i think the film was made as a documentary which mm -hmm. became a cult classic mm -hmm. and obviously there's yeah, it's hard to know at the time it. that yeah. that was gonna yeah. do Bingo, exactly and mm -hmm. then it's like and then it's you know it's, it's really difficult because then you've got to look at like who was making money mm -hmm. and would mm -hmm. the film have been made if everyone um was paid Did. those certain mm -hmm. things or mm -hmm. like i don't know but it's like, like what's the what it, it's compromise like, there yeah. like is and, it it's worth us having the film regardless yeah. unfortunately and for her. bitterness whether it's whether it's worthwhile but whether you're right or wrong bitterness can be a really damaging thing because you you then stop to see the thing that can maybe propel you forward within mm -hmm. something I forget when I talk about my career in dance, yeah, and I forget, and it's only because someone brought it up to me recently that I was actually in a dance show when I first started. Do you remember? No. A dance competition show on TV. Oh, Bump and Grind. Exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I forgot that show even existed. This is before So You Think You Can Dance, before no. you whatever. And I put, I worked my ass off in that environment, in this show to not reap any money at the end of it. But the growth, the things I learned, I, I'm, I'm a bit when I think about that show, mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. propelled me mm -hmm. forward, mm -hmm. like in a way. And, uh, you know. Did Holly Victoria win that? The year. And Bly uh, the won the, the other one. Yeah. They were in seasons that were after. Oh, right, 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 right. Barrington, Barrington Page. won. Page. Page. He Magic. won the first season. And Sadie um, Flowers. She's got, she's from Leeds. She's still got like a dance company. Like, I don't know, oh, like I sometimes I still speak to her like a, like a dance company up there mm. or something like that. I mean, that. you take something like that and I mean, level it off to, you know, flawless and diversity. And it's like, what are you going to do with those? Yeah, they wouldn't have been paid to do BGT. <sighs> yeah, it's no, like no. Hard so you're going to be better, like, like a flawless going to be better that they didn't win. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, but, should they be? I mean, mm -hmm. at a point in time, I think they got robbed personally mm -hmm. um, because... 
I just think there was other reasons why the other company won. But I also have to give that other company props. I'm going to keep it real. I think diversity have really evolved and come on Absolutely. leaps and bounds. Absolutely, I'm going to finger snap that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they. I think they really, really have. Just from a, just from every perspective, mm -hmm. I have a huge amount of respect for that. We're talking about business. Yeah. Ashley's a mm -hmm. smart business. I don't know if the money from you know, winning BGT and, uh, you know, the kind of like the exposure allowed for that opportunity to be a lot easier yeah. mm, because mm. I mean, if I had my own dance space and like, you know, kind of, of like access to X, mm -hmm, Y, and Z mm -hmm. people and people always wanted to be around what I was doing. Like, I think that there's, you know, you know, there's no way I ain't going to make some like real, real monumental stuff happen with but that. But also it's easy <laughs> to, what I like about the diversity Ashley Banjo yeah. evolution, I think, from my perspective. If we're is, talking about industry as well, we should never ignore. Exactly. That, and, yeah. But yeah. I think yeah. also what's nice yeah. is they... I'm glad it came around. He got That's to a point where out. he could have not cared about the craft because he was already a personality. Yes. And, yes. and he, it looks from my perspective like he got there whether or not we, I'm going to speak for myself, whether or not I respected the the mm -hmm. artistic mm -hmm. craft on the way there, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he then got there and went back and went, okay, I want to get better. And like me looking now again, like I don't know too much the intricate journey, but I think it's like, oh, he's actually not just got better, uh, not got more um, fame. He's actually got better at dancing and choreography. I agree with that. I yeah. think that he also yeah. um, is, I don't know him personally, but I just see in his dance and in his approaches, a reflection of who he is as a yes. person. Yes. It's not like we were most popular or we got, mm. which I think what they were doing for a time was like that thing worked, we're gonna keep doing that thing. Yeah. But now I see a man of his age, I see a dad of however many people, yeah. I see a person that cares about X, Y, Z, and I see that in his dance. Yeah, they're on TikTok and doing all the things, but I still respect, I don't he see all the dance stuff that yeah. they do, but the fact that I just see the person and like respecting yeah. the chapters really respect. they've yeah. had like like you say the chapters worked at that specific time mm. but now yeah. it's time to move on to the next chapter but and not, again not discard the previous chapter radio and host tv personality like they've gone mm. and for me like the respect is is tripled if that was the plan all along mm. if the plan was like mm. all right i know i'm yeah, true, not the best true. choreographer in the country but if I get myself in this position, I can train with the best choreographers Listen, in the country. You know and I, I if that was I the plan, yeah. I don't. I don't think it was. And what <laughs> I, I, no, and what, I and what think I, it would and, be sick if it but was. But what I really do take from the individual, which I can actually, I I feel like you know, I see within myself is a love, mm -hmm. yeah. a love mm -hmm. for dance. And there are other people Wherever like that. that as, yeah, and there are other <laughs> there are other people who have kind of created other life paths for themselves that made them hugely successful, and they have a love for something else. I know it with like. Alicia Dixon, knowing her closely, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's nothing more that she would want to do than release music. Mm -hmm, like she mm -hmm. loves it beyond all of this other stuff, mm -hmm, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Like that's probably the real, you know, it's still probably re a real driving force. She, everyone enjoys all these other things that they do and they mm -hmm. find these new things that they love. Mm -hmm. like I'm sure Ashley and Jordan do with their hosting and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But I can see that like, if there was an opportunity to just be a dancer all the time every day and that just be the only thing mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. would probably mm -hmm. win and be the thing oh yeah you know mm -hmm. like even for me i love all the things that i do um but if it could all just be that simple and i could just be a dancer oh yeah again mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then and maybe have all the things that like i have um you do it I would, Listen, I would, I would, I would, I love sweating in a room for eight bro, hours a day, 12 hours a day, 14 I, hours a day. You will no, never, you will never get me complaining yeah. 
ever. So and I think from this my goes mentality, to like, why I can't understand a lot of dancers who can't hack that because I will. Not if you stop. have the opportunity to, like, I think this goes back to Tally's thing of like the, it being the entry point, like yeah. for all of us, regardless mm. of where we end up. Like, mm. I'm making a living off filming and taking pictures of dancers. I would throw my camera at a wall to be on the BC One, uh, to be on the uh, Red Bull All Stars mm -hmm. team, like, mm -hmm. and get paid a salary to just dance, like. Mm -hmm no question i in a second do you know mm -hmm. what i mean and it's like mm -hmm. it's this yeah that that's the original love but then we kind of get into a space where yeah. we're like right where can we make income Which may be a segue Way to the original question income streams mm. yeah. <laughs> we, we rehearse this folks no but you know what yeah there's also another thing that like no. um to <laughs> even like yeah, just to finish that no, thing, it still, it still ties into income streams like because uh, i'm not sure if it's carrie or someone carrie mentioned it when talking about actually not not forgetting what happened in the past but mm. i i've said it to quite a lot of people and i hate giving away my own cheat codes for what i see within pieces of information that everyone else can see mm -hmm. but i know a lot of people probably watch the defiant ones on um yes. on netflix and the thing that really stood out to me is something bono said about jimmy iovine which is that He's like a snake when he moves on to another thing. And as you watch the film, you see that Jimmy Iovine has taken up many different roles, many had many different job titles. But when he moves to the next thing, he sheds that skin. Mm. And I think there's something really important in knowing the difference between having a love for what you did before and kind of just still Hanging trying to maybe it. be being what you did before. Mm -hmm. It's that cliche thing of like, yeah. um, don't, what is it? Like, I fight with don't it. hold on to a mistake. Uh, don't keep going on a mistake like because of how long you've spent making it kind of thing mm. like right. you have to realize something's done and that's not that everything's yeah. a mistake but right that chapter's done like yeah. let's move they, on because his weren't like you know he was a record producer you know move forward in all these different ways they they weren't they clearly weren't mistakes there were probably mistakes yeah, yeah. within those mm -hmm. things but those were the jobs that he was doing mm -hmm. um, but when it's time to like yeah and I, I mean even i struggle with that because when i do think about that thought about like oh my god like i would just like really go for it like dance what i like i would just love it um i also think to myself i've shed that and sometimes i have other people remind me that i've shed that skin and then i have like a big open space of like not even thinking about that anymore and really loving the place that i am at if there was a tour i don't know whether it was an artist that you loved and would have wanted to dance for and it was like a older cast it wasn't like fresh guns and like jade you want to do it like would you do it if i'm honest i that if it oh if that happened mm. oh i've been asked mm -hmm. yeah 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 i've been, I've been asked to and do so i've been asked you wanted to do, to do and you said no um yeah it's a job that once upon a time i would have really wanted to do mm. and i i wasn't maybe say as um deep in the you know the black skull territory as i am now but i was in i had started black skull mm. and i got asked and i guess like it's crazy like you know people out there really working their buzz i just felt like it'd be a bit of a proper cheat code like that like rare like I'm not even like really hustling that side that much, but can yeah, still do it. Yeah. And someone's gonna ask me to do something that so many people I know are, are really trying, trying to, to do. do. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't in the UK either, um, which I think would have just like ruffled a lot for, but like for what? Like I knew I was doing I something I thought better. that with a gig that's, there's been a call out for it recently and I'd love to do it. And for the first time, I thought from the aspect of, but you're good and there are, not that I'd get it necessarily, but if I was to get it, that is a spot that someone much more in need at this mm. time. And that was the first time I've ever done that, which was a really interesting, mm. not to say like, so I'm no longer a performer, but just considering that aspect of it. 
mm. um, was was interesting. You know what? Because I never ever thought of it as a business, like as a business, as much as it definitely is now. Mm -hmm. The thing that I would really want to do, forget the artist side of things, if, if if I'm really being honest, because I feel like that also makes things really really hard. Um, sometimes to just be like you know do dance. I missed out on jobs where it was dance for dance sake some of it by choice some of it by just not putting myself in the collision course with companies like zoo mm -hmm. or like really doing shows with the companies that i'd even been affiliated with mm -hmm. at certain points mm -hmm. in time like bird gang and stuff like that mm -hmm. i i wish i did more right i would go back to do dance theater mm -hmm. i would oh, go nice. back to do things that make me really really dance and because I, so I I'm booking you for whenever I make a show. <laughs> Listen, yeah? I just I just always remember there Everyone being a big, that? Yeah. I just Verbal remember there being a point in time of a lot of people not asking me for stuff because they assumed I wouldn't have been interested. Mm. But I mm -hmm. didn't know that mm -hmm. I would have been interested that also. That happens a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just realized that now I realize now how much obviously dance being like the big passion that like I would have just loved to be a part of those things that really just about dance. I always I think of tea in this way. Like when I think of her in certain casts and I don't think she, she would have maybe still been younger than me, but it was like a younger cast and I'm sure there was a financial business aspect to it, but it was just as simple as like, yeah, I want to do that job. She's talking about Tanisha Bonner. Yes, the great. Um, but that that's teeth through and through. Like that's, that's, like that's her just ethos. a simple that's her journey. That's her is. leaving Brit working and going back to like studio. Because I even said to Dylan with Wonder Kids, I was like, where's my invite? And he was like, are you joking? I was like, no. Yes, I'd love to train with you weekly. I would yeah. be, I mean, I might have to not do it sometimes for work, <laughs> yeah. but like, I'm, yeah, I would, I was down mm. for it. And Luke said to me before with things that he's like, yeah, I just, I think someone's said your name in um, passing about doing something. They've just assumed that like you wouldn't want to do it. It's like, yeah. always ask me, let me decide. Thank and you. For me, it's like also <laughs> like, a, I think of you in that aspect in a financial sense, because like I know from being your friend and stuff, like how much work you're doing, but then there's other people that I know work and do stuff. And it's like, when people say like, oh, I need like teaching. Someone hits me up like, oh, can you teach, uh, can you teach a choreography class, whatever? Oh no, I'm not free, cool. Uh, can you recommend someone? Like all three of you, would be fine to teach a choreography class but i would never ask the yeah. three i would never call up any of the three of you and i'm not saying this is right mm. i would never call up you say mm. oh do you want to do you want to cover a class is 50 because i'm like i would assume you have bigger and better things to do mm -hmm. so yeah. i'm like I, in my head it's like i think we all have these perceptions yeah. of who someone is and what the, and it, that might also be in the case of like um what your interests are you know mm. it might be like oh yeah i need someone that wants to enter a, a battle or whatever and i might know that carrie could like hold her own in this in this space but i'm like well carrie would never want to do a battle mm. with me because just because of based on what i've seen mm -hmm. without even asking you but you do do we we all know you do jobs for different reasons yeah. and my direct experience of that just before corona hit was assisting with rita um and i would say it was between like three and 450 a day and then going into red 600 a week mm. Like mm. makes no financials. I didn't stop doing Rita for it. Yeah. Like there was nothing in its uh, spot, but on paper, it'd be like, why on earth are you doing? But yeah. do you want to use that as a segue into the income 
situation. Sure. Speak about I'm money. also like to use it into a segue to the fact that I'm wearing far too much for the level of heat in this room. Yes. And you know what? I Speaking about things that people that. would want to do, I would again shout out this other thing. It's not even about the paid stuff. Mm. I now yes. at this point in yes. my life. What makes Listen, I'm going to even say it out there to some of the young, great creators out there. I'm down to do some free shit. Like, <laughs> you want like an older bod who's going to come in and like give Add you the gravitas. most. And also like... <laughs> and dance without a top on. <laughs> if you need it. Um, Don't call me for the top off. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I listen, I, yeah. I, I would, I really love like, I would be a part of that. I don't but need so, the money. I'll just jump in. But you know, I wonder if this goes back to what we were talking about, about the, around the networking conversation before we get onto the income, just last bit, but mm -hmm. like that it's kind of up to us, like what Jay literally just did, but like to, up to us to, to put that out there because it's yeah. like, you can't really assume beyond what the information is that you're given. Mm. So if you, you know, if we talk and like, it's like Carrie's like, oh, what are you up to? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing these battle things. And Carrie's like, yeah, I've all, I really want to battle. Then next time I think of it, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, Carrie did say that. And it's like, mm -hmm. just for that example, but like what the Watch more out, we- Watch popping battle is coming. Let's go, I'm down, <laughs> two on twos. Um, but yeah, the more we like talk about these things, it's not so much networking for the sake of getting business, which it works as well, is that people think of you when there's- paid jobs mm -hmm. but it might just be like oh yeah i remember we had that conversation and jay's interested in doing something so mm -hmm. i'm actually going to call him because mm -hmm. he's put that out there or whatever it is mm -hmm. um whereas if we just kind of keep it in and then go oh why does no one ever call me when they fucking you know? it's, it, it all ties in doesn't it like yep. what we were saying about hustle what we were saying about yeah. networking it's like if you don't ask you don't get yeah and i think there's always a really polite and respectful way of doing that um you know, I'm not up for a yo babe da, 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 on Instagram with a kiss at the end. I don't know you. Don't talk to me yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But if you are coming, so, well, no, it's like no, just because right. we're on social media doesn't mean Facts. that we socially conversate. I, like, just on that note, I'm so with you and I co-sign that 100%. In everything I've done, it pisses me off. I have an email address publicly. Don't try and send me in the, um, terms of the contract and all this in my Instagram mm -hmm. DM. You can say, are you interested? Are you available? Yes, but then send me an email. So anyway, well, that's it. Yeah, no, I'm the same. If I'm <laughs> yeah, D, if someone like, comes in the DM, it's like, this is great. This is my This email. needs to move to email very quickly. I think it's, it's harmed by the way that some people in positions of power move and they engage yes. that way, yeah, which then makes too. young dancers think that they yes. can. So it is a two-hander. But I said this somewhere that because it's a little bit wild, wild westy, still mm. in the infrastructure don't wait for the powers that be to do Show better you for to you move. to do yeah. better like be great mm. in the way that you handle and navigate and then if and that highlights when someone's rubbish <laughs> hmm? also don't just look at our industry as an yeah. example yeah. i would say yeah. i've lived my life by realizing the big old world of things yeah. that should influence you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like don't just learn from like what yeah. you think is right in front of your face like i've always mm -hmm. said that about like we need to get into the income thing but like with yes. professionalism and stuff that it's like i might not be the best dancer in the room i might not be the best like talent i might not have the best ideas whatever but i will be the most professional like mm -hmm. there may be other people that are as professional as mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. but you know even when we were working on vice and it's like these people that are like my friends for years some mm -hmm. of them and like quaily i've known for years and tells and stuff but it's like when we're in a business context, like I'm going to be there on time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to answer your emails That's about work. the thing. Like, There's yeah. a speech by uh, Neil Gaiman who did Coraline. And he, I think he got like an honorary 
doctorate somewhere and in his speech which is now in a book it's called make good art you can watch it on youtube he speaks on like being on time being good to work with and actually being great and you can have two of those yep. yeah yeah like you can be rubbish but you're on time and you're nice to work and with. i yeah. you will do well yeah. like we i know people that are late all the time but they're great so they get away with it like they i mean but not, i think not I, recommending that I'm yeah but i would say like the being great sometimes. doesn't carry as highly like you can be great i know a lot of dancers that are amazing talents but because they're so shit professionally they just don't work anymore yeah. or dance or, or do anything because people stop calling beats talent when talent doesn't work, work hard yeah yep. that's um, it and I, I i added like but professionalism beats both of those if they don't show up on time <laughs> it does because then you're the only you're the only option yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you're the only one there um yeah let's go into your Monetary. We could do like three parts on this because I feel like there's a whole other world of stuff that we haven't touched. Yeah. But on the basis oh, no. that we've Don't we're back again. Close your eyes. Ooh, it that one wasn't time. as good as the first. Could you edit the first time no. I did that into <laughs> no. this piece? Sorry, um, Tally. Get it together. I think it's just really important to speak on the income stream yeah. thing, just to paint a fuller picture. And between the four of us, there are lots of happenings and roles yeah. taking place um that i think would be cool to hear i while they're on the tip of my tongue will start us off so in teaching there would be the weekly class don't have one now but just that as a thing in a studio so classes that i'm arranging um there are classes for other people where whether that's colleges camps etc um, so I'd say that that covers the T and then privates. I don't do them, but that's obviously an option. I'm trying to speak outside of COVID mm. um, because if I did that, like what I'd be describing would be way less. Um, and then choreographing, uh, that could be being commissioned to make for companies like theatre companies, et cetera. That can be as assistant or associate or resident in uh, commercial settings for artists, ads, all the many things there. And then my own work, which would be self-funded more often than not, but can be funded and can lead obviously to other things. The return of investment thing, I wanted to touch on that with the self-funded stuff. Some of the work that I see is really beautifully done in these really cool, expensive spaces, but is it worth it? And are you you spending 200, 300 pounds a month to film that bit of choreo that you've made? Is that leading to what you want it to? Do you want it to lead to anything? Are you making it rain like that to be able to afford to be doing that on a regular basis? And then uh, hmm. agency. I've got some things to say about that. Agency <laughs> management, I work freelance. Um, that is on a commission basis. So I may well put in a lot of work into a project. If it doesn't come to pass, then I won't get paid for that. I split the commission with Zoo Nation. And the upside of that is that it gives me the flexibility to do the other things. But I will say at my age and with the year that's passed, that has become not the main, um, but I've given more, I'm giving more word and paying more respect to that aspect of my work and it being something that I'm good at and pays me well and that I want uh, to do. And then within uh, teaching would be 
the intensive and that is now falling into coaching more. I'll hopefully be doing a coaching course next month. Mm -hmm. And then that is one-on-one -on -one creative consultations with people. Putting a price on a conversation is really hard for, a, um, not for any everyone to do, but when you offer this stuff up in passing to suddenly be like, I can't actually answer this in the DMs. You're gonna have to hit me up for such and such to pay respect to the people that are paying me for these conversations. That's mm -hmm. tricky, but I'm there. Um, and I think slash hope I've covered my things. Yeah. Is that a look to me for the next one? Sure. Um, <laughs> it is now. It is now. So much like towels. Yeah, The obviously the teaching has been sort of the only source of income this year, but it would always be whenever I could fit it in through other engagements. So like you say, whether that's colleges, one-on-ones, random workshops, um, whether they're my own or for other people, um, any kind of mentoring and coaching, anything educational through Zoo Nation, like, yeah, anything mm -hmm. in that bracket. Mm -hmm. um, most, uh, I do have the odd, um, more sort of commercial projects, which has been from, TV series to artist movement to TV shows, but my main sort of more frequent income is through theatre. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when, for example, with being resident on Hamilton, there will be, you know, a weekly uh, salary wage that goes with that, um, which is consistent, but obviously none of the creative work is mine. Uh, wonderful show to look after but that work is is Andy's work it's mm -hmm. not my work mm -hmm. so the great thing about six is that it's my work mm -hmm. but there's no regular fee to that the only regular fee I'm going to get is if when I run up. up yeah when it's up if I uh if I rehearse to put the show up then obviously I've got my rehearsal fee um and then the royalties for as long as it's coming in so obviously the downside about this year is that no royalties are coming in from anything yeah. because nothing is up. So mm -hmm. it's a blessing and a curse to have that responsibility of being the choreographer, but then I'm not getting any regular payment from that mm -hmm. unless the show is in mm -hmm. action. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, I guess it's the the random things that, you know, on a normal everyday basis that might, you know, there might be a one day shoot that can come in that I can fit in between a, a working show week or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, all I'm going to say is, what I've really thought about this year is my age and how my body feels and how the fact that I would love some more passive income that isn't dependent on me being physical mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. that is starting to become a real Hurting. thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's bad to necessarily think about that early on as something that can support you so that you can go and yeah. take those classes. You can do those projects that might you might not have been able to do because you might have been caught up in a contract. And I think... Whereas we sometimes see this flexible working as a curse because you're like, well, I've got to get to that job and this job and that. Actually, how can you flip reverse that to make that a really positive thing for mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm not saying I've got that sorted and mm -hmm. I haven't, you know, especially when it comes to work-life balance and things coming and jumping back in at 60 miles per hour when our industry is like fully functioning. Mm -hmm. um, but I wish I had thought about it sooner to protect myself now. Right, mm. right, right. I just wanted to say on the teaching front, across all of the things that we've mentioned, an open class is obviously an open class with no set mm -hmm. uh, rate of income. You could end up paying to teach mm. yeah. sometimes. But Happen then if, if we go to the <laughs> other end of the scale with uh, camps, etc., that's hundreds, 
of pounds for an hour and a half of your time just to kind of put word to the the yeah. spectrum there mm -hmm. should i go next i feel Actually, like which. with my income streams i don't feel like i work in any one industry which is something i don't like particularly but it is what it is i think i work on the fringes of a lot of different industries because even to say i work in the dance industry it's like do you like yes do yeah, but do, do I? But yes. like, does Vice, doing Vice and a couple of other theatre shows, does that count as being a hip hop theatre dancer? Yes. Or, okay, cool. Tally, <laughs> tally votes, yes. But like, even say as a photographer, I've worked, I've shot for brands, I've shot with professional models, but am I in the fashion industry? Am I yes. in the modelling industry? Okay, well then that's that answered. So I feel And you like, won't get any further in any of them if you don't consider exactly. yourself no, to be in it. No, but this is more something that i want to get further in so that's it's more of a realistic thing like right but if you're I still want through to, the door you, know you, you are still there it. yeah you know where you want to be maybe within it but to yeah, say right. you're not in it okay is like maybe a bit of a um Over yeah a limiting factor for yeah. yourself mm. i think yeah so this is i think this is also i guess one of the curses of multidisciplinary practice is not quite being able to reconcile where they all sit mm. but i think for me my main sources of income I think that I haven't changed too much from before Corona, luckily. Um, but I always had something that was a bit of a staple and I tried to make sure that was there. So before it was teaching, I was a I was the hip hop teacher on a circus collective randomly. Um, and that was a weekly job that kind of gave me between like 30 to 60 percent of my income, depending on how much I made. Mm -hmm. And now that's gone because Corona killed it. But then I got a job at working for Artists for Artists as their marketing manager, digital marketing manager slash content creator with all the stuff I do. So that's now my staple, mm -hmm. making a bit more of a percentage of the, because it's a bit better paid than the teaching mm -hmm. was. Um, so that's like my, I've got a baseline always, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, then on top of that, I feel like also I have like immediate, I have like three, I try and think in three streams. So one is like immediate money, one is like midterm money and one is like long-term. So mm -hmm. my immediate money is that. And then sometimes the like photography and video work, but my photography and video work, I <coughs> see as, bless you, as like a midterm work because it's like, yes, I get paid to do it. And, and it ranges between quite decent money like if i could get like a grand and a half for a day's shoot including like all the bits mm -hmm. or i can get 100 pounds for a mm -hmm. day shoot depending on who i'm shooting with and what i've accepted mm -hmm. um but that is a midterm thing because the more i get better at it and practice my craft the more money i'm gonna get mm -hmm. artists for artist stuff and the marketing and that type of stuff it's i want to get is. better at but the salary might not increase dependent mm -hmm. on how good i am it's got you got if you. i get a promotion within the company great but it's not based on my level, whereas photography and video is pretty much to pay, um, mm -hmm. based on how much I'm improving and where I'm marketing myself, etc. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then my, I would say my final income stream, which is weird to describe it as this because it's stuff that doesn't make me any money, <laughs> is long term. Is mm -hmm. yeah, is yet the yet situation, which is like the mid short and midterm fund me to spend time on that so that mm. down the line they can become and that being this that being the podcast <laughs> and the uh, theater company that i saw i say yes. theater but like dance company that i started making an elephant mm. and that's uh, those two things are things that i'm putting time and effort into for literally nothing money out of my own pocket um looking for funding app doing applications all that sort of shit and establishing them so that 
later down the line I can put them into the midterm or the short legacy term. Legacy stuff. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's important for me because... It's a really nice way of putting it. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important for me, especially in the last couple of years. To in, make sense of why you're doing them. Why I'm doing stuff. Because I could be at rehearsals and paying out of my own pocket and doing this. And I'm like, why am I paying? Like we were saying about the videos and stuff. Why am I paying for nothing? And I'm like, no, I have a plan. Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. plan doesn't involve me getting paid for another year and a half, two years at mm-hmm. least. Like the podcast I've been doing a year and a half now even through lockdown, like I did um, with, this is the 35th episode in a year and a half. So if there's 52 weeks in a year, mm-hmm. it was pretty frequent. Mm-hmm. I haven't got paid a single penny for, oh no, no, I have. I got paid for the artist for artist collaboration. That's mm-hmm. the first time. And that was after a year and a bit. But in my head, I'm five years down the line. Mm-hmm. This is going to pay off five years down the line, hopefully. And if it doesn't, well, fuck it. But <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the way I try and think is like these three streams. And I think, yes, if I get a bit of funding for the podcast, if I get a bit of paid from here earlier than i expected great Mm -hmm. but if i don't have the um immediate money i can't Mm -hmm. improve on the midterm money if i don't have the midterm money i'm not going to be able to build up savings to be able to invest in myself for the long-term thing Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's how i like to think of things finger snaps and Mm -hmm. let's broaden the conversation with the duke london's podcast (laughs) because i think audience is going to be the thing that makes this podcast really reach you know like that's what you know how many people is yeah. it is it actually you know is it reaching. is it for and that's the you know not even who, not <laughs> even not who is it reaching but who is it for mm, yeah because if it's for a lot of people who aren't listening to it yet then you've mm-hmm. you've obviously they're just they're just untapped audience yeah mm-hmm. but you know but if it's for a smaller percentile yeah and it's okay for things to be niche but just mm-hmm. try and mm-hmm. um find a number yeah, yeah. on what that is mm-hmm. and whether that number can equal coin yes what it is yeah, because i think it's important that you don't um we, I know we were talking about selling out before yeah, yeah, yeah. but not selling out it's important that you don't um that you don't compromise too far to where the product isn't what you wanted it to yes. be yeah true um but a lot of businesses don't make money in their first years yeah, yeah, like yeah. lots like not just in this industry i think it's important because i know we are probably speaking to a lot of dancers or people in the arts industry for people to really realize how much what we do and as a business we talk a different language maybe but is completely relatable across most other industries mm-hmm. is you know what i try and tell people especially when they say the industry is full of drama <laughs> every <laughs> industry is full of drama yeah. trust me mm-hmm. um for myself, um, income stream-wise, my main source of income is our company, Black Skull Creative. But that obviously has a lot of things within it. Um, outside of that, there are things that pay me, but I kind of do them for fun because we've actually found a way that with our creativity, it monetizes very healthily. So things like teaching a workshop that I might come out to do every now and again, people should do it because there is good money to be made. Um, that people can use for you know different people in different positions and i think worthwhile to you know free, like tally said a few hundred a pop um for things like that depending on who you are you're mm-hmm. following all mm-hmm. of that it mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. definitely exceed far beyond that um i also have investments in things um that again kind of some investments that i've made have reaped relatively short-term gains and some of them are definitely long-term assets Mm -hmm. of mine and um for people who want to know more about maybe long-term assets specifically in property um if you're on clubhouse right now um sean smith um tommy franzen who's part of Mm -hmm. zoo nation or you know legacy part of you know legacy Mm -hmm. member of zoo nation um they run a podcast on there with another guy called adam um about dancers and performers getting into 
into property investment in Sick. the multitudes of different ways. Mm -hmm. So just mm -hmm. if people are trying to explore what to do with, you know, the bits of money that they are getting and how they can make it work for them. Um, Say investing versus uh, over saving all day. Um, it, it, yeah, depending on how you save or how you look at what saving is, you know, because, um, yeah, if it's saving in regular bank accounts, no. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. that one. That yeah. One. yeah. Um, I also, what else do I make? You know, can I ask, are you on a salary at all with Black Skull or is it all job based? No, it's, based? All, it's all job based. Got you. Um, the fortunate thing for us is that during lockdown, um, we have been working mm. um, pretty solidly from mm. the beginning. And we're also, you know, we have business management that look after us, but just to talk about our job streams, because they have been bringing in the money, um, job title wise within that, I am a choreographer in for commercials, television adverts. Um, I'm also a choreographer for music artists for touring. I'm a choreographer for, for music artists for music videos. Um, within fashion, um, for fashion shows, for fashion films. Mm -hmm. um, also a movement coach within those areas, which is a very different job role because it's not always based around dance. It's mm. based around, you know, other skill sets that mm -hmm. I definitely know some choreographers don't have. Mm -hmm. um, that same role within fashion um, and in the artist world as well across live shows and music videos. Um, also working as a production company or a producer on shows that we create mm -hmm. um, brings in, you know, money. And as a show director in fashion and in music, um, completely sometimes separated from me being a choreographer or in tangent with. Um, and those those things, obviously, and then being a set designer. Um, and we just won, reason why I say that, I've done lots of set design, but we just won a television project that is specifically just us being the set designers Incredible. for it. And we also won, we also started Black Skull Studios now as well. So we make graphical content and that's another arm that we've added, which is another revenue stream, but it's all dependent on our own work. But we have just been lucky that we graft and we have been mm -hmm. working and will continue to do so. But we have uh, multiple plates spinning right now, which are bringing those incomes, but that's all, that's all Black Skull, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I would say in regards to how we do that. So I think mine is kind of unique, but I would say what we're trying to do, just being a company that, you know, all those dancers out there, all those artists, all those people trying to find a way and like Carrie said it, to try and find a way to to have something that um, that makes you money passively mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. We want to stop being our, we want to stop being the front of our business at some point, you know, some point down the line. And we've got to find a way to, to, um, create our own ip and yeah. do a lot mm -hmm. of these other things would you guys say that in your opinion it's the best way is to be a multidisciplinary artist in some way shape or form and not view anything beyond your immediate goal as a failure business wise yeah in terms of like making a living if you're like i want to dance in music videos i want to be a commercial dancer anything like all the other bits like have to be there or it's viable to just do I, one no, thing. I, I, think th I think you need to, oh God, no, do you no, want me no. to say, oh, I was going to say, I always had this conversation with dancers. I saw dancers, similar generation, even when I was with someone like um, Dominique, who, when I was with her, she was a very successful commercial dancer, dancing for artists, mainly, mm -hmm. mainly every now and again, a music video or whatever. But I danced in fashion um, across, you know, in fashion shows, but also in 
commercials for fashion and in different realms of fashion, commercial fashion, mm. high fashion and sports fashion, and then also did artist shows and the award shows and the touring side and not yeah. just music videos. I think you got to be part in like the thing I feel like I missed was hip hop, it was theater. I really would have loved to mm. been part of theater, but all these other things and being in commercials just as a, a person yeah. mm -hmm. as well, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. was another, um, Thing. I think a lot of dancers are tapping that now because a lot of the agents are really diversifying within right. the industries, mm -hmm. which is quite good. I know like, obviously AMCK and these other agents are really casting people for like films now and mm -hmm. stuff. They're still being dancers, but these are all different industries that yeah. if you're in it and you want to stay in it, put some work to be in a part of some of those, those things. But I think would, it's important. You would say that the multi or the open mindset let's say is beneficial to be able to like look for income yeah. in yeah. other places. I think, I, think I, think, I think to do stuff every day. Mm. I think it's fine to do what you want to do and not feel like you have to be adding all of these strings to your bow just cause, but in the pursuit of It's also successful... worth saying that we have a lot of strings based on, I'm probably the least experienced here and I've been in this industry for like 15 years and you guys are more. So we didn't come out the gate at 18 with 12 different income yeah, streams. Yeah, like no. I would say, you know, I danced and then I'd say maybe... Uh, Five, six years later, I started teaching. Yeah, Maybe yeah. two years after that, I started managing the agency. But I I speak about this a lot, but it's fine to just do what you want to do within the industry. But to do that full time just to say you're doing that full time mm. is just a really stupid decision. Like mm. for your quality of life to take a hit and you be broke. But yeah, pride. I dance full smart. Uh, full time versus the person with a great quality yeah. of life have the nine to five but are also doing the amount of dance that you're doing it's just mm. like this is such a thing in the battle scene that yeah. it's like i don't know if it's more than the like commercial side or whatever but i would i would imagine so that it's like there's a pride in me like yeah i'm so good that i just dance full time or i just do battles full time and it's like that's there aren't shit that because yeah. you're earning 700 pounds a month you're renting 600 pounds and you're eating fucking ramen every day mm. like you, there's no pride in that just because you battle all day. Yeah. yeah, I work four jobs or whatever, but I'm living my life and I get to train more and I, you know, w or whatever. Like, there's That's a lot the of benefits. People should be open to diversifying. Do you remember Kayski? K. B-boy K. He was... Might he, be before my time. He was, at one point, he was definitely the best B-boy battling B-boy in the UK. I remember mm. when he was the only B-boy who could do air flares in the UK. Do you know what I mean? When that became like a thing mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. learn. And... He had a regular job and would mm. leave battles and put on his shirt and tie. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, Ashley, B-Boy mm. Ghost, who was mm -hmm. in Soul Mavericks. He was always great with computers and now mm -hmm. works for mm -hmm. like within banking, within yeah. computers. So being open to diversifying, having that Jimmy Iveen thing and being ready to shed the skin. For, at the end of the day, you can have the passion, but do you want to love life as well? Mm -hmm. And like what mm -hmm. things can you sacrifice for your, for your life to maybe... Um, there's only a small percentage of people who are that lucky that they never have to compromise mm. and on I think anything also, to live how they want. Yeah, and I think it's also like you. There's a difference in like I think what Tally was saying as well. Like there's a difference between the, I only want to do this thing as opposed to like I want to do other things, but the pride tells me I have to only do mm. this thing to be mm. able to say that. Like, and some people, you know, we do live in a society where money like it's literal currency obviously but like it's the key to being able to do things yeah. Yeah. but i used to want to when i was little i wanted to work in sainsbury's <laughs> because i wanted to handle money mm. like i whenever any of my parents friends came around i would take their purses and like i had the pen that told you if the note was real or not <laughs> like i like money i don't think i, I would do things just for the money at yeah. this 
point, but I don't think there's any shame in seeing success in terms of financial it's, gain. And just the, I think I said it in the intro, like career is business and business is money. the exchange of money exactly. and because it's the passion and uh, especially with regards to hip hop it's a cultural thing it's like that just makes the exchange of money a taboo but especially for us where we are age-wise and how many years we've been doing it there's just no I mean the payoff is we've made those decisions in certain spaces so that the passion project has more room for mm. that or we know what we love about dance we've like boiled it down and that part is really really important to us keeping going but I just don't think, I mm. wish there wasn't any shame in wanting your bank account to um, be swole. No, yeah. and the thing is as well is that we we are, <laughs> underneath this all, we're human. We're, we, we were born, <laughs> we've been brought up. We haven't been, we have been brought up to hopefully follow our dreams and our passions, yes. But we still have to survive mm. and there shouldn't mm -hmm. be any shame in surviving. Yeah. And I like and what more. I like. Yeah, That's what exactly. I was going to say. Some of my passions are within my taste as well. Yeah. 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 You ain't living that. You ain't living that life. I want to eat good food. I want to yeah. have a house. What's wrong with that? I have a friend like, in France who I was talking to, and she's a really good dancer, pretty well known in the battle scene, like a lot of talent. Like she could, I mean, she is great. Mm -hmm. um, but I was asking her about, you know, is dance like this sort of conversation I like mm -hmm. to have just with people? What's your income streams? <laughs> like, or how do you do this shit so I can learn? And she's like, oh no, I work a full time job. And I was like, in a way like why because mm -hmm. you're not one of the people i would think had to like mm -hmm. you're really good mm -hmm. and she's like yeah but i like nice things she's like i like my apartment i like this and mm -hmm. she's like, i've tried it but it doesn't quite afford me the income versus like how hard i have to work mm -hmm. based on just going to work every mm -hmm. day and getting mm -hmm. this consistent salary mm -hmm. she's like yeah it's not that i can't do i could i could be a professional dancer if i wanted to but i like to do it on the side and i like to make extra money off it but i like having my nice shit and i was like yeah. I've never heard someone be so at peace with that. And yeah. like, I tell you something, you know. the relaxation that um, not having money necessarily, but having a little bit of financial security can afford yep. you. There's a hunger that you can get when um, you don't have anything. One hundred percent. True. Mm -hmm. But for some people, but that that can, that can definitely for, yeah. But for some people, that can definitely manifest itself in the wrong way when yeah. you don't have mm -hmm. something. That hunger can definitely, you know, be perceived in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And there's a relaxation when you've got something you're a little bit more comfortable that you can come in with a little bit less on your mind and be a little bit more free as well sometimes and for some people that means they can't be hungry but i realized for myself i was the best version of myself when i just had nothing Same. i well, think and having the so. having the ability to choose the jobs you really want to choose rather yeah. than the jobs that you have to choose because yeah. of money and a lot of and that will come that from having a job that isn't mm -hmm. dance i mean may come from that like yeah the the podium thing the promo thing like mm -hmm. do you don't want to do those but doing it just so you're working in the industry is mm. like you can definitely do many other jobs yeah. i think it's such a like i don't know if this is nice to say but i guess but like it, going into the shady portion no 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 not not really yet we can get there but like that it's such a western first world luxury privilege thing to say that like money doesn't solve your problems like money can't buy you uh, whatever can't buy you happiness like people with money tend to say it even yeah even. it's like well it can like if you speak to someone that doesn't have money it's like oh money would solve a lot of these fucking problems you know or like money could buy me happiness literally like I don't have a lot of money, but for the last two years, I've been living with my girlfriend in like a nice one bedroom flat, which I've never had, well, I had once before. Mm. We broke up. Um, but I think coming home to that environment has like allowed me to 
be successful and happy in so many other areas just because now I can afford, I come home and there's no fucking flatmates, no shade to anyone that has flatmates, but I hate living with people who I don't love. Mm. And I don't have, like when I'm on my computer, there's no sound. (laughs) It's just me and I can put plants where I want and I can clean up and I can have a nice space. And that base has allowed me to succeed in so many areas that, and I wouldn't have had that base had I not been earning the money that I've been earning, which is not loads, but it's enough to pay for this. And so I think it's like to say to someone that has like six flatmates and is stressed and can't get work done. It was like, Oh, you don't need money. Follow your dreams. It's like, they might need money Mm. to be in, in a more happy and especially in these days where we're putting a lot more um, uh, emphasis on like mental health and mental well-being, it's like sometimes money can buy you that and not to say therapy. that it, yeah, yeah, and not to say that it goes the other end where you mm. become obsessed with it, but there's a middle ground, you know, it's not just ignore money for your entire life. Yeah. And it's sometimes it's about how people use it though as well, yeah. because again, it's very weird that my ex has come up a lot in this conversation <laughs> and it's like, not even like a recent one. It's a very, very long time ago. But I do remember getting this, clearly this relationship and that point in life was Mm -hmm. pivotal for Mm -hmm. both of us. And um, I think that one thing I remember really just early on knowing her as a person was that she, she lived by herself and she spoke to me about the fact that she enjoyed that life more so made Mm. that choice to pay more Mm -hmm. to have that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because she knew she could and maybe that sacrificed other things Mm. but it was important important to her because of how that allowed her to um, operate operate and have clear brain space Mm -hmm. and whatnot Mm -hmm. and I guess I was lucky because I started in the game so young that I was really fearless so by the time I'd made like I've made coin quite early within mm-hmm. this game, mm-hmm. just solely from like dance. Like mm-hmm. I haven't had a regular, even even entertain the idea of something regular since I was like 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember that so much because it's so flipping true. Like create an environment for yourself where you can flourish yeah. because there's a lot of people that can afford more than they're giving themselves because they want to spend money on other things. Yes, 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 and yes. I think if you can really realize what you might get and you're, you might be making the wrong compromises. I mm. think it's problematic to say that you're broke, but you've always got an eighth of weed in your pocket. Yeah. You, yeah, <laughs> Just you, might, say you might be making the wrong compromises. Like maybe try something else. Thing. Yeah. Maybe try something else. And some of those things, like unless you're really like clued, like really tapped, like you might not even realize how something like that might work out to be mon- like monetized. But I'm so happy that um, Luke said it because that was something that they'd said back then. And yeah. I'd never, I've never heard anyone else say that. I've never mm. heard anyone else say that, but I know mm. it's so true for so many people, but I know mm. other people haven't even, they haven't even tapped that that was so important in their life that their living situation or mm. whatever mm. in whatever kind of way, shape or form mm. has affected their success yes. Yes. in whatever yeah. way. And Definitely. you saying it like, it must be so true for so many people. So if you haven't checked yourself on that, check yourself. Mm. And I think it's also, there's something to be said, and I don't quite know where my opinion lands, but like there's something to be said about going with what makes you feel good in a way. Because for me, like I buy a lot of clothes (laughs) as like my girlfriend will tell you, but for me, it went from a thing of like, I like buying clothes and it makes me feel good and it helps my self-esteem and and you can never quite put a marker on the uh, effects of good self-esteem, I think. But also like through like 
making more money and then allowing myself to be okay with spending it on clothes and, and getting into things I like and researching what shoes I want to buy or some shit. Like now I'm actually have a genuine interest in fashion and streetwear and I've started reading books about it and I've mm -hmm. start, I was actually thinking I'm going to hit you up after this because yeah. <laughs> I want to like work more in the fashion world and learn about the fashion world and I found myself like watching runway shows and understanding how they stage things and researching designers and I'm like none of that would and that brings me so much fucking joy like mm -hmm. like it really makes me happy whether or not it makes me money in the end and it's like this interest or hobby would have never come if I hadn't had what in air quotes is like a superficial yes. value. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, of like, yeah, yeah. oh, I'm going to buy myself clothes. But like, look what comes of it when you go with what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And I think the other end of that is, what if weed is the thing that makes you happy and you're spending all this money on it? There's a balance. Yeah, but if it's a case of I can't yeah. pay my rent. Oh, yeah, and I've I genuinely never yes. feel <laughs> and have concluded for myself that I'm broke. I just haven't connected. Oh, no. Because yeah. I think yeah. that, that And exists. making you happy and doing what you need to do sometimes, like duty is something that yeah. people really fucking like escape. Like they make it, they, they let it escape them nowadays. Yeah. Like you know not to really like dog on the younger generation but people always talking about what serves them and what the universe is there for them and all of this fucking shit like seriously man like grow some fucking balls and do something because you feel dutiful to do it to the like to better your existence in a place and like don't make excuses for the fact that like say if you do have an eighth of weed in your pocket and that's making you happy that is doing something like monumentally better for your mm -hmm. existence mm -hmm. like, entirely possible get, get like get some real scope on some some important shit you know like i, I can't I've say always, with any more passion than that yeah mm -hmm. and i've always like had my ba and i think this is maybe the way i was raised or whatever but i've always had an emphasis on supporting myself first like if i can pay to eat i have a roof over my head and i can walk around and do things like i have enough money for that then after that i can make any silly decisions i want mm -hmm. i can like Mm -hmm. do whatever i can buy like clothes or i can go out and drink or whatever stupid shit i can buy nando's and then if i don't have any money to like hang out with my friends that's my fault but i've yeah. covered the bases i think it where it gets too far is when people are like can't afford rent or, or they can't afford their training yeah or... it's just like connect the dots yeah mm -hmm. for yourself like create the full like looking at a family tree like what are all the things that you're spending Money, like where is it all going and does that make sense for you and or is it, is it just happening decision? because it's been yeah. happening and just to speak on what Jay said a little bit I think the term that comes to mind I'm just going to say it if it helps but <laughs> I don't mean it to be offensive like the, the faux spirituality the manifesting thing um, like if I role. just write a million pound check and stick it on my mirror I can then just lay down because that means it will happen for me or if right. I like write down that sentence like that works in the same way about me speaking on uh, what I do helps, it lands in me differently and like I walk the walk differently through saying it. I think that stuff works in that way, but to think that just writing it down or saying it is enough to make, it might get to the right ears, don't get me wrong, but it still requires action. action it yeah. still requires you to do something. I think it was in a different topic, but again, Jay said like, do something every day. Mm. Like it doesn't have to be a direct, like literal, it doesn't need to be go to class, but there is something that you can do that aids what you want yep. every day. And writing it down is that, but so just that is not, no. it's not going to be causing exactly. reaction. And be about it, man. Like not everyone naturally has it in them to mm -hmm. be some of those things. And some of those people who are working out how to really um, properly apply these things that are reading in these 
these books and all of this and you know and the talk about them getting this information that you know you don't get taught in school and this that and the other you're still getting someone else's information yeah this came out of someone else's head like you know you're not making it up so it's not original yeah like like start learning how you can apply it in an original way mm -hmm. because we all learn stuff everyone learns stuff every single day for the rest of your life if you don't learn stuff you will you you will it's just about how you really like you um you're how you're aware Digested. to what to like what's happening around you yeah like just yeah i mean there's some there's some people you know and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be super real on this as well some people who are not made to be great like you might not be great like you might not get you'll be great in your own self in your own but you're manifesting to assume to be what greatness should be like mm -hmm. that not might not be where you're mm -hmm. gonna get at that might not be what your work ethic is what you're you're built for what you're whatever and that, all of those things are like okay but it's kind of the ugly duckling yeah. situation in a way that it's like you might think you're aim for this type of great but if that's not you know unless you go and find your whatever your swan or whatever the fucking story is but like because <laughs> i feel like say what we were saying earlier about the commercial dance and me going to the center and stuff like mm. i could have been one of those people that you was talking about that's like not great in the way that i think i'm going to be great if my my mind had just said well just keep trying just keep trying to be a commercial dancer keep trying and then i would have just ended up some mediocre nobody probably teaching like some bullshit but instead of that, I went Ooh. like, like, this isn't for me. Like, let me find where I work and stuff. So it's like, I think what your, your, your thing of like, um, not being great is like, can also be like, you're not, you're not made for the thing that you're doing. If that yeah. makes sense. You like know, there's other what, places well, you can. Yeah, but not even the thing that you're doing, like the thing that like, okay. Tally's probably said that from like experience of someone speaking to her about that and I'm presuming they come from the dance community a dancer putting up a million pound check on the wall through mm. the dancing that they're doing in this immediate sense what they're doing right then and there right now it's not about and that's what they're assuming like is part of mm. the um, part of the greatness kind yeah. of like picture package, yeah. package you know what I'm saying and it's like so that's what you're seeing as greatness all that stuff you put on the wall yeah, like, yeah. that's greatness like, that's goals yeah mm -hmm okay, you might not be for about all of those things. It's not because of what you're doing right now. You might not be, you know, the person who's going to get the things you've set out in front of you right there. Like, but it's also about building blocks. It's about not that you'll never be ready for that kind of thing, but how about you start like, yes, yes. start at the beginning yep. and start like, if you, if your life is not naturally going on that upward, that upward, um, kind of like trajectory like just naturally through what you're doing by accident on purpose whatever if it's not and you do have to go down to the nuances like like just like start building from like the bottom start then quantifying what that means what that's yeah. giving you what that's giving you and and grow like because um if you've put the big idea up there and 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 nothing is like surmounting to that like and let's face it in the arts think your life can change in one day mm -hmm. but like in the meantime before it changes in one day you can you can still do the small steps to help well, smaller yeah. growth before you might get that big leap big ideas are crippling i think i said it in the yeah. intro like some people with those visions that are so big and they can see it on like the biggest stage in the world because that's so far away from their reality they just never start yeah and that was a like that could get it could get there, but there's also somewhere on the way, maybe even like 10% of the way to what you saw that might end up being 
the groundbreaking yeah. thing for you for the community at large yeah. and you can't you always tell what's going to make you happy yeah. or make yeah. you money and yeah. people like, you never yeah. know yeah. and people do some of this stuff by accident there's so yeah. many things that i feel like i did by accident that mm -hmm. put me in a position that i'm in mm -hmm. that i didn't realize like i was doing them like i said mm -hmm. way of thinking mm -hmm. then the power of now comes out and mm -hmm. i was like mm -hmm. uh, i thought this was like some obvious stuff you know like so there are things that people do like some of the biggest pioneers most successful people in the world there's things that they probably they have the big ideas, but there's things they're probably doing by accident that just come naturally to them. Mm -hmm. you, if you look at other like entrepreneurs of great success, mm -hmm. Elon Musk, Jeff mm -hmm. Bezos, you know, those are the modern ones. But if you're looking back to like the Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, and then people outside of that in politics, in mm -hmm. art, in all of these other places, there are things that they fundamentally maybe did naturally through their through their upbringing, through their education, through whatever, um, through who they are naturally mm -hmm. to be on this mm -hmm. earth, that aided get into that big picture, you yeah. know, because, you know, like if you're looking at one and you don't have the other like nanites ticking away at the other stuff, mm -hmm. like there's always something being, being done. And there's always something that those people don't know um, was important to their journey that it didn't say. Mm -hmm. I think, mm -hmm. I think that's, mm -hmm. I think that's the thing. Like and you've really got to get everything. Even if you're, d cause I'm, I have to be a visual person for all that kind of thing. Like I, I mm -hmm. just in the nature of what we do. But for me, it's just like, like Taz was saying, even if you have got that big picture, if, if I, I consider like a big sort of paint by numbers board, mm -hmm. you still need the paints and the paintbrushes and the steps to make and complete that picture. Yeah. And you might actually complete part of that picture. And like you say, be really happy with where that part has come and giving yourself a pat on the back for getting to that stage. Because also I know that my, Air quotes again for the last time today. Um, big picture changes at whatever mm -hmm. part of that yep. picture I'm coloring in. So actually those plans are constantly going to shift. And like exactly what Jay was saying, how can you, well, what we've all been saying, how can you support that the best way? How can you be the best version of you yep. to make sure that every step of the way you're you know, you're feeling some kind of success or happiness, most importantly, happiness within what you're doing. Yeah. And if that is taking something that gets you experience and maybe, you know, wasn't the best pay, but has led on to something that has given you a massive platform, I'm not saying, you know, suffer mm -hmm. for low pay, yeah. but just where, you know, just A to B is is very rarely the route mm -hmm, yeah. and mm -hmm. enjoy the fact that you're going to go through many paths and see what you can get out of the parts on the yeah. way and i think like for me this is going to sound very not this is very not me but like <laughs> the the way i started thinking was not like goal orientated in the way of i want to reach this thing and this milestone so then i'll find success it was more like looking internally in, in a way and it was like okay what aspects of my personality am i or am i not paying attention to and then setting goals based on that so like mm -hmm. even like the podcast was something where i've always thought right i'm fucking opinionated i'm having these conversations with people i'm saying my opinion sometimes i'm getting shut down sometimes i have a point but i always have things to say and it kind of went through like do i want to write articles do i want to um do this do i want to do that and it's like the goal didn't come from like and right now even i don't have a goal of like i want to be like the number one podcast or do i want 
you know, this to change into like, oh, I'm a, uh, I'm working for Red Bull and doing commentating, or am I doing like this? Or Please I don't. Please be a commentator. I, I want to see this. <laughs> Just like he's shit. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't have an end goal with this aspect. But mm. what I do have an end goal of is addressing this aspect of my personality. So yeah. if the goalposts change, and I and I'm presented with a decision, like Red Bull say, stop your podcast and come and work for us. Mm. Just shout out to Red Bull if you're listening. Um, <laughs> Like if it the the well, common will that serve that will that serve you? that part of me and if it will then I'm happy you know and it doesn't matter where the goalposts can change as much as they want because the origin point is inside mm. me as opposed to an end goal and I think it's the same with like money or whatever if you're chasing that million pounds on the board mm. like what part of you did that is it the pride is it the what like I'm chasing the million pounds so that I can have a good life and what the origin point inside me was that I need comfort, I need stability. Right, right. right. And whatever the goalposts change to, yeah, oh, okay. I don't have a million pounds, but I'm getting this opportunity, which is going to give me the stability and mm -hmm. comfort that I was originally after, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Find a way to, like, yeah, to, the, those goals become a universal because mm. I, when people ask me, like, what, oh, like, what do you want to be? Like, what do you want to get to? Like, this, that, and the other. Like, I can, I can sp say really honestly, it's never been, it was never to be the number one dancer. It was never to be the number one um, choreographer, never to be the number one creative director, never have the number one production company. Some of those things and some of those maybe like rankings that mm. have maybe been achieved or places on the board that I might have gotten to or anyone gets to mm. feel like kind of like accidental or just mm. like byproduct of like hard work to actually get the real thing. Yeah. The yeah. real thing, which like I said, is the origin for me is I, I just always wanted to be a really great provider for those that are close to me. Yeah. Mm. And that, that, um, and that's not just in a monetary situation. That's of being able to provide experience and knowledge and, um, energy and just and just all those things so and i think I that's know. what's good that like you can see them as byproducts of the like you're not getting caught up in chasing these awards you're like oh that's great that i got those things and i'm achieving yeah. this success but that's not what you're chasing I, i'm the worst for like keeping track of what i've even done like i'm the worst yeah. like people having to check it my <laughs> missus like talking oh, like, talking about something and like dancing for someone she's like oh my god like you did that and like someone coming up to me being like you're in this hot trip and all these things she was yeah. like what you like you did that and, it was, and i was like yeah uh, yeah yeah like <laughs> i, I so. i've never stood from a position and like looked and like just been like yeah. like i've done this i don't know Do whether that would really <laughs> i don't know whether that would really throw me mm. also mm -hmm. but like um we move man we move <laughs> yes. like like when when the goal is something different it's like right now I really like New Jersey club as a dance style. Like, so right now, like kind of goal is to be like dope at New Jersey club. So I've been like training it, you know, doing my, doing my due diligence, funny, you know what right. I'm saying? I know it's a very funny, like small thing, but it's like the bigger goals They're are all out there. And there's yeah. like, there's just other little fun things that kind of like byproducts, but it's like, I'm saying that I would, I'm thinking about that, but I'm not like thinking about like, oh my God, we've got to be like the yes, number one company is. in the yeah. country at what we do. I mean, in the world of what we do. We just might get that by accident by at some doing, point. By doing yeah. the thing. Yeah. I think um, we might need to wrap up a bit. Mm -hmm. um, just a bit, not entirely. Yeah, just wrap up the corner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so but, many things well, first that. of all, thank you guys for being here. Thank Super appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, we could have... We could speak. You could have for... called anyone. No, <laughs> not, not that far. We, we were actually <laughs> being really lucky to get the people that we've yes. 
Agreed. wanted. And I didn't like, I had expectations for the quality of the conversation, not so much the content mm. of it. And if I did, uh, they've all been Meh. exceeded. And yeah. I, this, I said this on the identity one, but like, it's, I don't know chicken or egg vibes, but my, some of my dearest friends also happen to just be like the shit hot ones about. And that is just. <laughs> hey, you attract the energy you put out, delight. Tally. I'm going to take that now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to sit take in that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. But um, yeah, honestly, thank you. I super appreciate you guys like giving your point of view and all that. And it's like, I say this every time I do the podcast, I feel like, but for me personally, like, I mean, you might just be here for Tally, but like. Yeah, we hate you. Yeah, that's, that's fair <laughs> enough. But got the podcast done now, so I don't care. <laughs> but like, yeah, just the fact that you guys feel it valid, a valid use of your time to sit down and, and talk mm. with me slash us. Like, it's a. Uh, it's I feel like this should be a once monthly thing. You oh, know, it's good I'm to get it off the chest. Down. As we yeah. were talking, I was like, I think it might maybe not be so one off ish, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah we'll I mean, see. yo, if I can be successful in all the funding routes that I'm. Uh, pursuing then yeah this is definitely more of a viable well, you know mm -hmm. continuation that. good luck thank yes. you bro. um and tally as always thank you for doing this with me and being me. here love you lots um yeah thank you to everyone who's listened all the way through um check out obviously carrie and jay because they're wonderful but also check out tally's identity ideas industry intensive on instagram Woo! um <laughs> that uh, this is all based around and there's an actual concrete physical thing that happens that you can go to. So if this stuff interests you, um, Tally is leading her course and you can find all the information obviously on her page. Um, Duke London podcast is pretty much everywhere except for SoundCloud and Deezer as Tally has told me. Didn't know what Deezer was before Tally told me that, but apparently it's there. It exists and it my podcast exist. isn't on it. Um, but the yeah. only user. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Spotify, um, Google, Apple Podcasts, all that, um, and a few other platforms that I've actually never heard of. Um, yeah, it's all there. And YouTube, you can check out all the previous episodes. So please do. Anyone that is out there listening that might uh, want to invest or fund the podcast, please hit me up. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know if there's any other shout outs or thank yous to be done besides the people in the room and the people listening. You're no, all wonderful. Sir. Shout out to my bladder because it's about to go down. Damn. Let's all go pee. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks, guys. And we'll see you soon. outro song oh i just God, thought of so like an, an ironic <sighs> deezer campaign they need to get me on board as like yeah, you the, only really user, the only no. user in the uk if anyone's brave try this fucking war no, no i did and war. i didn't i don't know why the connect didn't come to tell you that like don't drink it i'm so sorry i just left it Yo, on the side like oh let's put this heater on and blah blah, blah. so i'm I literally, literally melting i blame tally on the heat <laughs>